Actually, Model UN is a real big, probably a good reason for why I'm doing stand-up. I like the idea of, it's like a great problem solver, and you get to come up with weird ideas, because like, the way that they taught us was that, don't really care so much about presenting and talking all the time, care about changing the flow of debate, which means coming up with new, unique, and original ideas that will still solve your problem. It's like something I like to bring to stand-up, it's like this idea of like, going away and far out with the idea, trying to bring it around. Welcome to Review in Progress, the podcast that uses open-ended conversations to discuss and dissect the creative process with people across all art forms. I'm your host, Kyle Colorado. We have a great guest for today's episode, my friend Anthony Brown. He's a stand-up musician and a podcaster. He is the lead singer, songwriter, and guitarist for his band Today Is. He is the co-host of the Front Desk Podcast, and he is a wonderful comedian. We discuss a few topics today, such as how the Model UN helped Anthony realize he wanted to do stand-up, how his criticism of a popular artist's song helped inspire his band's new album. We discuss a little bit of cancel culture in comedy, and we also talk about the future of comedy in media and in the tri-state area. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome back to Review in Progress. Thank you so much for checking this out um i know i because i'm a day late i am not on time that is i want to address that right off the top because i feel bad i do i really wanted this to be out tuesday but i have been in a bit of a creative rut the i don't know for the last week or so i haven't been able to go out to open mics because i have hit a wall with the jokes I've currently have written. I feel like um, because I am not going to many shows, I am not uh, seeing new audiences, so it is hard to work on these jokes because jokes, if you don't know, have an element of surprise to them. And when you know where the joke is going as an audience member, it's hard to laugh. So I felt like I needed to sit home and write jokes, and then at that exact time, I decided to have a writer's block. So I think that kind of spiraled me out a little bit, and I have been very hesitant to work on anything creative. Um, I've also been busy. Um, My last episode I mentioned I was moving into a new spot. I have moved into the new spot. I'm in an office right now. It's a part of the living room that me and Grace have moved into. It's kind of the the living room is like a T-shape, like a rectangle on on top of an orange, on top of a square. And we took the square and made it into our office. One side is mine, one side is hers. And that has helped at least, you know, when I, you know, today I noticed, okay, great. I focused when I'm in this area. But just sitting here and trying to write jokes when I have a writer's block is hard. But as I was saying, we moved in to the upstairs apartment from where we were living downstairs in like a studio apartment. So we have a kitchen, which is great. But you know, we've been, I forget how much, even in a small apartment, how much prep is need to be done. So there's been prep. I have been doing more balloon jobs as my side balloon twister job. If I've never mentioned that on here, I am a balloon twister and I have been doing a lot more jobs this month. So that's been hard on the weekends. And I've just, I, I but I, I will say that's not the whole case because there's been a lot of time where I'm like, I need to get up. I need to get up. 
I need to get up and I'm just looking at my phone, watching something, watching a short video, which turns into two short videos, which turns into four short videos and then eight and then 16 and then 32 and so on and so forth. It is an exponential growth on that one in that sense. So yeah, I just need to be better. That's, that's, that's what it is. I just, um, what I've realized over and over again, creativity it's like going to the gym when you're trying to lose weight. You have to go when you don't want to show up. Like you have to put yourself and force yourself to do the things that you don't want to do, even when you are hitting a plateau. Like, you know, I, I never really lost weight this way, so I don't know. But from what I heard, when you hit a plateau of losing weight, you start to not want to go because you're not seeing results. And the same thing with creative um, roadblock where uh, I have a writer's block and I don't want to write and then I don't want to write. So that doesn't mean I want to work on a podcast that I recorded and waited a week to do anything with. So it's just, yeah, it's just, you have to show up and that, and, and being a creative podcast, I think this is something that people who haven't gotten into creativity yet need to realize that it's not always going to be inspiration, inspiration, inspiration. You're going to have to dig for it and look for it. And you're going to come up empty sometimes and you can't be discouraged like I have been. And that's what I'm hoping is by saying this and putting this on record, I can hopefully avoid that myself where I'm not getting myself. I'm not real. I, I need to realize like, Oh, I'm getting discouraged, but that doesn't matter. You have to kind of, fall in love with the process. And that's not something I've done perfectly. Um, but I am trying to get better. So that's, that's, that is where I'm at. Oh, I, I will say I was been editing this episode. I've been editing this episode since 6am. The time is now, I'm assuming it's 11 o'clock. Let me just scroll over. Oh, it's 1130. And it has been, yeah, it's, I, I, I've come with a new editing workflow because one of the things I want to do is take a lot of these clips and repackage them so I can like kind of promote the show and maybe even promote the message of creativity that I'm trying to do with this podcast. But it's hard to cycle through clips and I realized on my editing pro on my editing program there's a marker feature. If you follow me on my Instagram Kyle RG Colorado, I posted a story today on Wednesday the 28th that I realize this and it's so much easier and now I can have a record of what we discussed and I can go back to it. It it makes me go, oh okay. It's it's just something where creativity could use structure in that sense where if you build yourself up something where if you need to go back, like organization I think is really the best way to describe it. Um so you're not just like spending too much time looking for things and you're dissuaded because it's gonna take forever to find the thing that so Long story short, I have a new way to edit this um, and mark things. So hopefully, you'll be start seeing more of the um, of like the clips and stuff like that. If you follow me on my Instagram page, I need to find new ways to try and promote this as best as I can because I'm just trying to get this out there. So, like I'll say every week, if you can like, subscribe, and share, and rate, and review, and all that fun stuff, set it to download, share it with a friend, just so we can. I mean, I don't know if there's a like button. I think I was cripping off of YouTube. I'm not on YouTube yet. But, um, yeah, if you can do your best to share this podcast with someone who might be a 
creative person or wants to be, this is a good episode. And this is a, uh, at least this, you know, this is a good way to talk about, you know, someone who wants to do it and is trying to put in the work, but has failed, but not forever. I've just failed for a moment. And that's, and that's my thing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to try and keep myself accountable. I started working again. Uh, I've been doing, I was, I was, uh, I've been unemployed for a while. Um, but now I'm back in the workforce, but kind of doing something I've been doing before. I'm going back to delivering food for DoorDash and Uber Eats, but it gets me back out, which is good because I noticed once I'm in motion, it's easier to stay in motion, you know, um, in that sense where I keep the momentum going for uh, work. So hopefully that keeps me, you know, focused. You know, I can come home and I can continue to work or go out and figure that out. Um but that is where I'm at, and I will be better. That's my that is my promise to you, my listener. I'm going to keep you accountable. If I, if you think I'm slacking, send me a message or something on on Instagram. <laughs> so with this episode, I had my good friend Anthony Brown. Now I want to say good friend. Uh, I, I feel like we've bonded more because of this podcast, and it's reference that we didn't spend much time outside of. Um, you know, open mics, but I think we had a, I think we had a very good conversation. We had a, we had a lot of, we had a lot to talk about. We were talking about like apps that are helped to promote and all like our issues with it. We also talked about like some standup stories in New Brunswick. It, it's, it's not, I would say it, it's probably not my most focused podcast because I remember this day that I were, I recorded with Anthony. I got all the information I wanted, but there was some more ranty bits, um, then, uh, me trying to keep it focused, not so much trying to wrangle in a guest, but trying to focus my questions specifically because I had gotten less sleep the night prior because my cats woke me up in like the middle of the night and I have a very hard time falling back asleep when I wake up. So I was like on like three hours of sleep. So it, this is this is more of a chatty podcast than um pure like about creativity but i still think even the things we talked about like i said that our our problems with the apps that are supposed to help us promote you know are, are like just issues with it we also talk about some beef with like well anthony talks about beef with machine gun kelly and why he doesn't like him and then our comedian beefs not with people in the community but people we perceive to be bigger and big big stars of comedy and just our our issues with them it's but we also we also discuss like his his writing process on how he gets to songs and to and trying to connect that to his comedy and how Model UN helped Anthony realize he wanted to be a stand up. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of really interesting discussion points along with some more chatty bits talking about some things. I I, I really like it. His band today is has a new album coming out next week. Um. November 4th. So if you're listening to this when this podcast drops on October 29th, it'll be the following Wednesday. And um, I actually, he was able to put a couple of songs on Spotify. I didn't realize, I thought he was just putting out singles. But he has one song that, this is something that as a person, I would have I would have enjoyed a lot in my 20s. And I still enjoy now. I'm just not as much into going to shows as I was in my 20s. But this is something that I really enjoy. It has a modern baseball kind of um, pop punk emo. It's it's very good in my opinion. So 
First off, everything that we discuss will be found in the show notes for this, for him, whatever we discuss, uh, all of his social and his band and his band Spotify, just so if you guys want to look that up, we have that. But before we get into this episode, I am going to play the song because it's about a minute and a half long called Fights that's coming off the new album. I really enjoy it. And I hope you guys enjoy the song and then my interview with my good friend, Anthony Brown. Thanks. I'm having fights with the thoughts in my head About where do I go when I die Could it be the end of me Or the end of everything Recently I realized life is like a clock And someday it'll get picked But most days you'll come recording b- before you walked in this room i've been oh holy yeah shit. yeah this is a conversation the whole thing so, <laughs> so i i we started at one i i listened to it and i figured where to start the the thing but yeah this is this is a conversation this isn't so much like an interview yeah. you can move that if you like to oh, get it right. closer yeah all right i just yeah. want to make sure i was talking into it yeah, yeah, no, no, no problem no problem i didn't want to i i was going to let you know at one point and plus i still need to figure out the levels so it's not even perfect but i figured we could start at one point anyway yeah, I thought this was like a really cool concept, especially because like, like my record's coming out, and you're talking about like sponsors. I was thinking like I have a lot of friends with podcasts. I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, twenty bucks, do a sponsor for yeah, uh, oh, yeah, uh, sponsor would, my uh, <laughs> sponsor the uh, the, the the podcast the, for the, the the couple weeks. Or so whatever. you were saying you have a podcast? I actually, you know, I was going through your Instagram for research. I didn't see that. What's yeah. the name of the podcast? Uh, it's uh, the Front Desk Podcast. The Front Desk Podcast. Okay, and. You have eight episodes right now, so you're going to have like a season two now. Are you going to like switch over to seasons just because you have so many episodes and you might just drop yeah. it all at once? Oh my God. Yeah. We're, that's what I think we're going to do because we have, we have, we start out with eight episodes. We stopped at 10. Uh, there's 10 episodes out right now. And then we have about, we just, I think, did, we'd have two. Uh, we have 11, 12, which are guests. Mm-hmm. 13, we just did, and we're recording one tomorrow. So I'll be four. And then after we record tomorrow, all of them are going to be put up. I might do like one of them comes out on Tuesday, and then the rest will come out like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So you have oh, one nice. every day. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. I didn't realize that. So you have you have you that actually leads perfectly. You have a lot of hands and a lot of different things. Yeah, so, I have a so lot yeah, of yeah, cooks yeah, in the kitchen. You, you really do. You you keep yourself busy. Uh, besides just being an ice cream delivery man, um, uh, you also are a musician. You are as a stand up com- uh, co- comedy stand up comedian. Um, what anything else I'm missing? that i didn't see in my research um stand 
stand up music are main are my main two things but uh yeah i've been really trying to push this podcast and mm-hmm. this record for right now so i'm trying to stay somewhat small but like yeah. it's still doing a lot <laughs> it, is, it is doing a lot um so with that one of the questions i have is like uh since you're 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 in a band today is dot 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 <laughs> um it uh you and I've noticed that you guys had gone on tour. You guys even played at one of those shows down in Tom's River at the clubhouse, which is a very cool spot. Which I've not. Oh gone yeah, that to. drive-in show. Yeah. Um, does that? I mean, not so much now, obviously, but back then when the world wasn't shut down, was there a lot of like um, issues or like were, was music and comedy fighting for your attention? Oh, all the time. It was like I. W- it was really weird because like. Thanks to the pandemic, which is a lot, not a lot of people yeah, say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been able to kind of blend them a lot better. But beforehand, it would be like I would do stand up every night for six weeks, or I mean for six months, and then I would get writing inspiration for music. I would stop doing stand up and I would start writing music. But now it's more of like a a, a joint effort. Like yeah, because do- I was thinking, I was like, there's a point where I just didn't see you for a real long time. Yeah, and then you would show up again. Right now. Yes. <laughs> Um, are you, what, you're going more back into music because you have the, um, the album coming out, I'm assuming. Well, it's like a lot of, I'm trying to, all right. Cause like I do every, every time I go out to a mic, I, I, I hate freaking this idea of like, keep doing the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. Like I love like doing like do stuff. I just like to do it maybe for two weeks. Then I'll like, all right, this is good pile, bad pile, and needs work for later. Yeah. And then I'll move on to a whole set of new jokes, and I'll write new jokes. But then I just you get burnt out so fast from just keep every two weeks writing a whole new yeah. fifteen, a whole new twenty. Like I wrote ten minutes last night on I merged all my politics stuff into ten minutes last mm-hmm. night, and so it's it gets it's kind of burning myself out. So I wanted to like stop write some more new material and just have that and just kind of work on it, flesh it out, then go back out. That's just surprising because I'm doing something similar right now. Uh, there's a mic that I said I was going to go to tonight, but I'm debating on whether or not to go to because I haven't been able to write new jokes. I've been moving, as you can you know, as you can know, see, there's boxes everywhere. So I moved into a new spot, so that's been taking up a lot of my time. Plus, I just haven't, I, like you said, I, I have jokes that I'm like, oh, I'm really proud of these jokes, but you know, there's not a lot of shows right now to get yeah. up to. So it's like you're burning your material on your only audience, which is other mm-hmm. comedians who show up to the same mics as you do. So I just need, so I've been like, I should really be able to sit down and write because that was the one thing the, uh, like you said, thank God for the pandemic, a sentence that shouldn't be said, but know, for, right? for certain situations, thank you, is that I was able to sit down and write and, you know, figure out my jokes because there was a, there was a part of me that, um, when I started in 2018, I just was like, okay, I'm a little bit older. I'm 32. I don't know if I've ever explained. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's so, sh- it's such shocking. Every time I hear someone's age in comedy, I'm like, I thought you were at least seven to eight <laughs> years younger. I always feel so young. I know. I know. Comparison. And I look, I mean, I have these cheeks, which doesn't help whatsoever. So, um, but so I, I was, I had, um, this feeling of like, I have to be original and good at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'll focus on original because good should come, right? Yeah. No, it didn't. It, it was very, it was, I was very bad for a very long time. So, oh, but so we all are. Oh, no, we all are. But I think I, I even, as, as long as it, I think it took even longer because I was so focused on like being original as opposed to like, how does a joke work? You know, like, <laughs> what are the mechanisms? And I was able, I was able to do that during the pandemic. So. 
going back to that, I just need to get back into that writing habit that I had during the pandemic. Yeah. That, or at least during the lockdown, because technically we're still in it. Um, True. But, yeah. Oh my uh, God. But, um, yeah, so I need to, I need to like get back to where I'm writing every day and really, cause there'd be times where I would like, like you said, Oh, I just wrote five minutes before a mic, and all of a sudden I, I'm reading it off a piece of paper. Like this isn't this isn't gonna work, but the crowd was mm-hmm. good enough, and the jokes worked well enough. I was like, oh, okay. So then all of a sudden I had like a whole five new minutes that I was just like, I don't even think I was expecting one of these jokes to work. So when you yeah. get to that like rhythm, were you at the hell yeah September 18th? No, unfortunately I didn't make it to that. That no, but no, completely yeah. unsafe, but, um at that hell yeah, it was like the exact kind of comedy situation that made me realize that I, I kind of want, might want to do this for the rest of my life. Where I show up and with my girlfriend, and I'm like, oh, this is not the atmosphere I would like you to be at. <laughs> because it's like tons of empty chairs. It was like a little bit of Josh's friends over there. Uh, Tim Rager yeah, brought yeah, like, yeah. his parents. I, I, remember, I remember hearing that Tim Rager brought people. Yeah, he brought his parents and a couple of older people in like one back row, but it was a lot of sparse, empty chairs. Maybe it was like 20 people, and it was, I just felt like, oh, I'm going to eat dick for 10 minutes. <laughs> and then I go up there. I didn't have the jokes memorized. I just did like, okay, I started off with his survey joke. And then I just start checking things off because, like, a lot of my jokes are like, question based. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't write every day. I don't just sit down and write. I can't do that. So, like, I'll be in the car driving and I'll see something weird or something, and I'll just hit on my recorder and I'll just yell into it. That <laughs> thing. As you drive, yeah. And then I will try to write it down later. But um, so like I'll I'll have all my jokes that way, and I'm like, oh, these are like mostly new stuff, and I don't think any of this is really gonna work on a real audience. These are mostly comic jokes. These are way too dark and dirty for that. But then I go out there and destroy. It was like one of the best sets I've ever had, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, to turn a horrible situation where it's like no people into something. Like I'm so glad I taped it. I showed up there with like a tripod. I was like, I'm not gonna tape this. I taped it. It was a good set, but there's still like. Uh, it's like a set I want to send to people and ask for their feedback, but you can't because there's like wind. Yes. And they're right. You know how like there's that family across the fence, right? Yes. I've been just for context for people who don't know the Wawa social club. It's not a Wawa gas station. It is a social club in North Bergen, New Jersey, where you have to park. I, the first time I tried to go, yeah. I was like, where the hell do I park? And I, I just, and I left. I, I just left and I had to, I had to talk and talk to Josh Wells the next week. He's like, dude, where do you park? He's like, oh, there's a parking lot right across there. I was like, yeah. well, that would have been nice to know, but whatever. Anyway, parallel park up the street my first time there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. So, and North Bergen, for those who don't, who's never been to North Bergen, not a lot of parking. No, no it is a not very, at all. Very skinny streets, very hilly because Bergen County is nothing but hills. And so, and it's just like this weird social club like a pool hall like yeah, I, I, I guess really, it's a pool hall turning into a comedy club yeah because and just uh, some comedians made their way in there or, <laughs> and we are just slowly oh, turning. yeah Artie dell he's yes. a member he's, he's a member. not even a comic anymore yeah so but well there was it was enough for comics to make their way in yeah he, he was a comic long enough for his service to be thank you for your service Artie. Yes, we appreciate he, it yeah he's the one who started the mics there and so They've been putting on mics out back, and recently they've moved back in. I haven't, yeah, right? I haven't, been, I haven't been to the ones inside yet, but I've seen the photos. So Same. yeah, it's just this small little like, and the show that Building you did in was, between all of this residential housing. Yes, all this residential housing is this. I I don't even again. It seems like a speakeasy from the twenties in a sense, and it kind of is the way that <laughs> yeah the way we're that, using it exactly. So go on. I apologize. No, it's all right. Um, 
Yeah, so during that show, they were deciding they were going to have a party <laughs> with just loud Hispanic music yeah. coming from the other side. So, like, I'm telling my jokes, and then, like, the entire time, you could hear me killing, but you could also just hear <laughs> this loud Spanish music the entire time. It's like, from minute one till the end of the video, no, just Spanish music. It's just like, oh man, maybe I can send this to the tape, and you're like, mm, no, no, I don't think I can. Not at all. Unfortunately, not at all. it's the worst circumstances audio wise for that to happen. But I, I'm so glad that I, I did it. Yeah, that's 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 really funny. Um, so you said that a, a lot of your jokes are question based in that sense, like based around a question that you have, or based the questions that you're posing to the audience. I just want to make sure. Um, I feel like it's a, it's in a way like a lot of people say like they there's like jokey comics and there's comics that tell about their lives. I feel like you can tell a, a little bit about me from the questions yeah. I ask. Okay, and it's just like just random things that will come to me, or it's like a fear I have, or something that... Yeah, because some of... I mean, I'll say some of it either comes... That I've noticed from the jokes, at least the ones that I've heard, and I'm not a complete expert on your material, but it comes with, like, anger or, like, uh, frustration, I would say. And sometimes (laughs) even to the point where you're just like, you're, you're... you're telling people and they're like they're not getting it and you're like no I can see like yes, the, like, almost the are anger you're not as mad as me yeah. like uh so wait. what draws you to that like what's what what like do you can you psychoanalyze yourself in that sense where you're like why why do you go towards that material um, besides doing something silly or something family friendly for example you know something yeah i one i think uh I recently listened to uh, the. Uh, there's a great podcast Jerry Seinfeld did with uh, Mark Marin okay. about on what on what the fuck. It, no, yeah, on what the fuck, uh, but just about his um, like why he chose to, like write and like write, why he chose to be clean. He thought yeah. it was a lot harder, and he thought it was um to be clean then than to be like dirty or be like yeah. everyone else. Or whatever. I one think it's a lot harder to be dirty. I find more gratif- uh, gratification. When I get a, a dirty or like a dark joke to work mm-hmm. than a clean one, but I also just like sad humor because I, I feel like or dark humor because I feel like there's so much sad in the world as yeah. it is. So I want, I mean, to, especially now, <laughs> yeah, definitely now. So I feel like you have to make fun of that sad or awful thing. So, so at least for me in my own head, when I think about it, I just don't get like depressed about it. I'm like, yeah. at least I can laugh at that thing. Now, does that also, um, does that work? Because you're the songwriter for your band, correct? Yeah. Now, does that go both ways to, for you? Or, go both ways. Sorry, I don't know. Why I'm <laughs> that. Um, yeah, but does that well, like... Well, do go both yeah, ways. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you have also more sad-er topics than most in your songs or because i mean i was listening oh, to yeah. I, I was listening to it and i do want to talk about it but i just want to ask you oh, your yeah. opinion on that <laughs> no yeah like i'm been i've started uh i unfortunately i'll say this again unfortunately started a tiktok account to try to get pe- random people listen to the record or whatever mm-hmm. and so i came up with the slogan for it it's coming out november 3rd and it's uh the slogan is the soundtrack to watch the world burn to yeah because they're all either sad or dark songs about how we're gonna die or something yeah, okay. that's just okay. like but it's presented to you in a way where it's always upbeat it's really fast you're jamming songs but the overall message for a lot of them is like we're all gonna die one day <laughs> come on stop being stop, stop being jer- yeah. jerks 
Yeah, because um, it's funny. I don't know why when you said TikTok, the first person I thought of was this guy that I knew that came from because uh, when I was twenties, uh, you know, was really into the ska scene. Just that's what was really a popping in the mid mid two thousands. And there's this guy that's on TikTok now who was a part of that scene. Um, his name is uh, Matt Jeroni. He goes by Grav Master Hash. Mm-hmm. on on tiktok and he's actually doing things where he's like hey i have a p.o box uh to send me your demos and shit like that to to post it so i'll give oh, you the information after you're done yeah because do he's because he's like he's been he's been jokingly referred to slash kind of like uh ceo of punk rock tiktok so, <laughs> oh my god yeah. everyone's a ceo, CEO of something I, I, I on know, that app. i don't know like, why why is everyone I, a CEO now? <laughs> I don't know, but I I I don't post. I just I will at one point because content is king at the moment. That's why oh, I'm doing this yeah. podcast. Um, and so I started just doing like little guitar things, yeah. and like it, it's funny because my co-host of our podcast, she had to make one for her job because like she's in public health. And she had to make one for her job, and she's doing these little videos. And I'm like, I want to see if I could beat her. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I get on there immediately, in the first three videos, blah, all of her stats. I'm like, all right, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, I this mean, is now it's just a challenge between the two of us. That's funny. That, I mean, hey, that's sometimes you need that in creativity, even for something silly as a TikTok. I know. A, I'm like, I don't want to make them, but now that it's a competition, I'm, it makes it a little bit more yeah, fun. Yeah, but for I mean, me. any, you know, it's it's just like every other thing. It's it's silly until you do it, and then you do it enough, and you're like i guess this is fine yeah because it, it also i'm like an old man so like i don't really know how old, to edit old, these videos yeah, yeah so I mean, i'm like how did you get the ed- how do you do this i mean to be fair i will see some people on that app where they're just like you zoom in by pinching by moving it up it's like all right guys we all really need to like maybe just dig into the app before we just start posting a little bit to figure out all the features you know where you like hit record and then if you just like pull your thumb up it zooms in were you? Away? Oh, I'm, am I? I did not, yeah, am you, I breaking? This I did not know <laughs> that if you swiped up while holding your thumb down, because normally what I do is I'll hit the button, I'll play my thing or whatever, or yeah, hit stop, and then I'll put some words at the top. If there's like black bars at the top yeah. and the bottom, I'll post some words at the top, words at the bottom, done. Or I'll cl- grab a video that I already did, mm-hmm. and I'll find a part like a certain 15 seconds that I like. Post that has some weird random sentence or something about the record, yeah. and then I'll be done. <laughs> yeah, um, how has that helped you at all? Like, get new, like at least maybe like one or two new people to listen to, or you not? I got like, some a few listens here yeah. and there. Um, I started making random other stuff just to try to get people into the page. Yeah, but it's uh, it's worked enough like on the app itself i've only been on it for two weeks okay and, so like this is relatively early on in the yeah okay. so like i've gotten some stuff like to work you know and then uh, what i've really been doing is like searching through other people's like i've been using that for you page and then yeah, i'll yeah, yeah. click on their thing and i'll see like, their analytics and how their stuff works and it's like then it's so bad now because now my for you page is just random shit that I don't even like. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know how that works. I just, I'm like, do you, do you, I don't like anything or like, I really don't like anything or follow anybody for the most part, but I'm just like, how do you know? Like, is it just because I stop on these videos and you're like, yeah, just it, watch it again? Because 
you keep showing me these people, and I appreciate it, but I just, I just the, you know, the mystery of the algorithm is surprising. Yeah, um, also, that app fucking sucks. It blows so hard. Why, hey, take TikTok. If you, if you ever get a, uh, a chance to look at this this uh, podcast here, hey, TikTok, what are you doing? Why can I not rewind a video I'm watching? No no wonder they're replaying the same people, because I'm stopped. I miss one word this guy says. I have to stop and rewatch the whole video I mean, to, to get be, two words. I mean, I'm like, to be fair, uh, Vine was like that. Instagram's like that. I said Instagram sucks like last night. I was like, man, Instagram is terrible. Why can I not rewind this video? I have to watch the whole video every well, time. There you go. I think I think you just answered your. Why can't you rewind? So you rewatch the video again. But if I rewatch the video, it doesn't help Instagram. It helps this one random dude, and yeah. then they puts it in my algorithm. Well, well, All no, it does well, is it not help it keeps me. Keeps you on Instagram longer. I mean, and then when, and then when you're True. done, you, it's, you gotta think of, you can't just be like, it doesn't help. It, everything helps Instagram. Everything. Yeah. And just, we just. True. Yeah. Anything, anything. I've been refusing to update Instagram because they're like, hey, we got new features. Yeah, I'm like, no, Fuck I know. I did that. And I was like, why did I do this? But I've, I've just. They're like, you can't go back. What I'm, you just, I'm just trying to be zen about it. Like, all right. I mean, that's why I've, I, I, every time something new comes out, I'm just like, whatever, I'll get used to it, and then I won't even think about Like, I remember when we went from iOS 6 to iOS 7, and people were losing their, because we went to, like, that frosted glass look on the iPhone. I was like, I don't care, man. Like, we'll be fine. And people, like, freaking out. I was like, it'll be fine. And we'll, I, I don't even remember what iOS 6 looks like. I don't, I, I, speaking of uh, uh, iOS stuff, I, was ta- I watched one TikTok that I actually really liked. And it was because, like, I'm an Android user. I use Samsung. Yeah. And it was like, hey, don't let iPhone users bully you. They just <laughs> got widgets and they're acting like, dude, here's the thing. I was thinking about it. Like, yo, you guys just got widgets. I had widgets on like my shitty piece of shit twenty dollar Kmart yeah. Android phone when I was thirteen. Yeah, I know it was. It, it, I remember. I've had widgets for so long. I'm I like, had an Android phone for about a year, and I remember the widgets. And I was like, you know, it'd be nice if we had that. So when we got it, I was like, fuck it, finally. You know, like yeah. But I'm just. I'm also not a pretentious piece of asshole. Uh, piece of shit asshole who's like, I got an Apple. I'm better than everyone. I just. Yeah. I just go. I, it's. I have it. I'm fine with it. I move on with my life. You know? Also, we could change the color of any text anytime we want. I'm exactly. like, hey, why is the blue text so important? You could change. You could do that in Messenger. Because if if someone can, it's it's just like anything else. Like you have a like I don't know, it, like any little kid thing where they see something that breaks the pattern from everything else. You're like you're weird. Like it's really not that weird. It's like, but it's different. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm like I'm all for the open source. I, the only reason why I hate Apple is because I feel like they're literally robbing people every single time uh, I they mean, make for a sure. new product. For what, I like mean, new cell phone. Here, here's the thing. We've already come out like in 2012 saying that we make our cell phones to be obsolete in two years. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm like you make a you just make creating waste. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we everyone's like climate change is so bad but everyone's still on their fucking yeah, well, Apple I mean, phones of course. yeah yeah it's it's that's my that's that one of my songs is uh nowhere for on the record mm-hmm. is literally talking about how literally we're going nowhere why are we caring about anything right now we're all just gonna die well yeah i mean yeah it does feel like i will say it does feel like we hit a wall in terms of just like you know compared to like 
the 80s 90s and 2000s at least early 2000s where it was just like felt like things just kept coming out at a very fast clip where everything was getting better and yeah faster. everything was getting now better. it's just like now this, we're just yeah it feels like we small increments yeah yeah and I, I don't know i don't know personally because i feel I'm like not, it's I'm all microtransactions yeah, too well, like yeah. headphones now is a microtransaction yeah for sure it's just everything is just like it, it feels like we had this really fast incline and then we hit the plateau and it's like a slight incline for everything else you know so it's mm-hmm. like everything was going great and then boom we hit it and now it's just like at a one degree angle where we're just slowly going up yeah because um, like we don't have the technology to, to do the crazy stuff yet but mm-hmm. we don't but we yeah we, we have kind the technology of, to do some cool stuff yeah for some uh, just small little updates i would say wait two years dude you, you have a good idea if yeah, you wait and, two yeah, years yeah, for yeah, your if, phone. You, if you wait obviously and yeah. then you, i feel like more people would buy it you'd make more money if you yeah. waited two years and then one yeah yeah, yeah yeah um but you were saying with that that because you see that in in the phone and 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 sort of technology that we're not really going anywhere. Um, yeah, like, literally it's, the it's, line is that's, hamsters on a wheel running running in circles. That's not mm-hmm. a bad. Yeah, so I mean, and that's and that's how you how you view the world. How did you like? How did you get to this point? Like that's you know, I'm like I, I'm I'm. A, now, how did this twenty three year old get have like the brain of a thirty four year old? Well, I mean, that's a lot of people, especially in your age group. It's just like you saw you saw what we saw, but at a younger age. Like yeah, we like people of my generation, you know, mid to older millennials. We kind of had like the bliss of the nineties, where it's like things are going to be great, and then like <laughs> the world slowly fell apart in front of us. <laughs> you guys were just like the world sucks. Like right off the bat, off the bat, like you guys. That's the one thing I'm like. I don't know what is sadder in the sense of like not like seeing a, a good world and watching it go away, or just never seeing a good world and hearing stories of the old girl. I really, honestly, don't know which is sadder. Yeah, I think it's sadder uh, the second way because like I am like literally a night. I dress like I'm from the nineties. Yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> I I, only, I I watch early two thousand ninety TV. That's the style of music I make. Oh my god! Just the, the late '90s. I always like to say that there's a there's a certain group of people that don't belong in a generational group, and that's the ages of '95 to uh, '98, '99. And that group is its own. We are our yeah, own that, generation. That, that weird in between millennial uh, gen, yeah, gen Z. I would listen to yeah because I was listening to podcasts and they were talking about how you can't go. Like when I was 19, 20, I started stand up when I was nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty three now. And they were talking about how, how you couldn't go to college campuses and do like material. I I was doing dark shit at fucking twenty in front of a of, yeah. of college I, and kids. I've done and I have done like testier material. I'm just like you have to present it right. You just yeah. can't be a, you, you have can't, to do you can't it a certain a, way. You can't be a jerk about it. Is really mm-hmm. the is the long and short of it. You can't be like I know more than you because I, I mean I can even see that in kids now. I one of my side jobs is I'm a uh, balloon artist. I make balloon. Ooh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> but so they kids do not like magicians because mm-hmm. they don't like the wool pull over their eyes. You know what I mean? Like they want to know what's going on. For me as a balloon artist, you see what's happening. Yeah, I have no idea how you're doing that. It's like it's not that hard, but I understand that. Like if you don't know what's happening, you're very surprised and you're very interested in what's happening. But yeah, I've noticed that like you can't try and tell people. After a certain age, I don't know, like, if there was, like, a turnover where just, like, the magic is gone in that sense, where you can't be like, oh, I just know more than you. Mm-hmm. I'm a magician or I'm an adult in that sense. I feel yeah. like magician and adults are the same thing. You can't be like, this is the way it is and just you have to trust me because of it. Every person at a certain age was just like, 
No. Like yeah, you, no. like I, I grew up questioning everything. Like yeah. I well, at thirteen, I, I call it do. It's I say it was douchey then, even yeah. as a thirteen year old. But I did this thing called the quote unquote spiritual journey, where I didn't. Feel, I felt disillusioned with my religion at the time, which yeah. was Christianity, and I like sang at church choir, all that stuff. So I decided to practice a bunch of different religions and learn about a bunch of different religions. For about a year and a half, about I think around I was fifteen, I discovered I'm like I don't really think anyone fits me. I think I'd just be atheist because I don't really yeah. think any of them really work for me. I didn't really like any of them besides atheism or like agnosticism or something. Yeah, something somewhere like that. was somewhere in that weird gray area between. The yeah, two. I like the the Bill Maher term ab ab. Pathnostic, <laughs> yeah. where I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm 99 percent sure there's nothing, but like, there could be something one yeah. percent, <laughs> and then I'm just totally apathetic to it. I'm like, if, as long as you're a good person, if there's a god, he's gonna be like, ah, get up, here. yeah, yeah, come on, yeah, like, yeah, that, that actually kind of sits to where I particularly believe too, in the same way. Um, yeah, everyone can believe so, whatever they want to believe. So, so you said at 13, that. where did you, where did you, you said you, you knew the area, you memory lane, or were you originally yeah. from this area or like somewhere around it? Because uh, you said yeah. you lived in the Union County, but you didn't live there, so I'm assuming relatively close. Uh, I used to live in Union County, and my mom, my mom worked in Union County for like 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I, Lived in Roselle for a long time. Okay. My grandma lived right by the mall in Woodbridge. Got it, got it, got it. Like, she had a condo there for, like, my entire childhood. Um, so, yeah. So, like, up and down Route 1. Yeah. So, I know you're all just that. aware. Yeah. I know all of, like, basically Union County Route 22. This nice. Uh, nice, down, nice. down here. And I also know a lot of North Jersey. So, yeah. That's... Uh, uh, yeah, college. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I saw you went to William Patterson. I was really thinking, pretty. It's so, it's so funny when you're doing research for... I've said it every... And I'll say it every time because it still doesn't feel right. When, <laughs> when you are about to bring on a guest and you research, it feels like stalking. You just feel... You're <laughs> yes. like, I'm learning way too much for someone who we know each other yeah. but we don't know each other that well I'm like I know way too much like he went to he went to model UN that's not a piece of information I should know Actually, about a person who we've spent maybe about like cumulatively about five hours together this will be the biggest chunk of time we spent together as a true podcast. so it's too much for information actually model UN is a real big probably a good reason for why I'm doing stand-up really how did that's a good you said you started 19. Yeah. And so that's four years now you've been doing it. Yeah, I've been doing it four years. Okay, so what what pulled you into that world? Uh, I started doing Model UN in the junior year of high school. One of my best friends from high school, who I still keep in contact with, Sohan, mm-hmm. he uh, kept telling me, hey, he, we got gym together. Like, hey, come on, do it. Hey, come on, do it. And the, and the reason I, why I didn't want to do it is because the meeting started at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday. So... I, my first meeting, I went home and I rode my bike the eight miles back to school. And then at 9.30 at night, I oh, rode it was, my bike oh, I home. Th- I thought it was eight. At, oh, I thought it was eight in the morning. I'm like, that's no. interesting. No, eight at night. Makes sense. Yep. So we so then we said, would stay after school and just like order a pizza or something, mm-hmm. hang out. And that was really fun. But like, I love this idea of like debating parliamentary procedure. That's the only time. That's the only, one of the only places I like to wear a suit to. Like <laughs> I did it. I still did it all throughout college and stuff like that. Yeah, that was one of the. That's where I saw. It. I was like, oh, he didn't. I didn't even know. I mean, I never did model unit. I was like, they still do it to college, but all right, great, good, good job <laughs> yeah. on them. Like my high school was nationally ranked for the two years I did it. Oh, nice. Do you think it was one, because of you specifically? <laughs> no, not because of me specifically. It, there's, our school was killer. It was like we had 500 kids in the club. There was 2,200 kids in the school. Okay. Like some of my friends had less kids in their entire school by like hundreds. Then yeah. I, I, them were just in the club. But uh, everyone was really good. 
uh i remember i i won a few awards but like my my most cherished possessions my very last conference as a high schooler in like april i won my first like best delegate because it was like yeah. categories it was like best outstanding whatever but best is like first place in your committee yeah. so i was like oh that's that's what really like, now is it like every time everything that pop culture has taught me do you get to be a country yeah, you got what to be country were you? a country. I got to be uh, many countries. But no, the one that you won. One, the one that I won. Uh, I, I won a best delegate at a one-day conference for being the Philippines. Mm-hmm. I won an outstanding delegate for, I think, being Finland for something. But my best delegate was a model Congress. Oh. So oh. I was representing the Senator Lamar Alexander. He's retiring this year okay. from Tennessee. He's a moderate. So moderate Republican. He's like what all Republicans should be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just what just what they should be. Just yeah. the, the, Basically, the sense, yeah. that's how Republicans should be. Yeah. So, um, I, I so I, I'm also really well versed in like American politics. That's yeah, yeah. I love. To, like, so study all I'm hearing like is Finland and Philippines, since you represent them so well, should give you citizenship. Is all yeah, I'm, is all that um, Ukraine. I did Ukraine. They owe me one. France <laughs> owes owes me one. Uh, I never got to be United States. I got to be a what was that <laughs> other country? Uh, starts with an A. Algeria. Um, not Algeria. Next Albania. Uh, Armenia. 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 Okay. Armenia. I I got something from being Armenia too. Uh there's like some small award for a one day conference. Um you got to be a lot of countries and learn a lot of stuff. Oh, my favorite country I ever got to be was Swaziland. <laughs> That's a one of the last true monarchies <laughs> to ever exist. Does that still exist now? Or yep, was, oh, right wow. now. Oh, wow. their, their, their king is really bad. He All he does is, like, he spends the country's money on American cars <laughs> because he thinks they're good cars. And then he'll, like, put rims on them. This guy's crazy. You gotta tell him about that Honda holds its value a lot more, and it, <laughs> it lasts like, a lot longer. I'm balling. You know? I got a Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, D, a Jeep Dodge Ram. Sorry, yeah. I, was, um, I know it's three different things, <laughs> but I just, every time I think of Jeep, it just has to follow with Dodge Ram. So so you were, you know, between being Finnish and Filipino and uh, <laughs> because if you're a delegate, I'm assuming that's what you are. Um uh it said how did you how did that how did that take you from debating people over goods and services that the countries <laughs> can give to each other and fixing con- you know global crises my first uh, committee was about waste management removal and like public <laughs> transportation i'm like i'm ukraine what do we got so i came up with this one idea that never really worked but i think that's what made me want to be a committee uh, made me want to actually like start doing stand-up like which is this idea that no one ever got thought would work but at the end of the conference they're like i don't know why you were so bad hung up on this idea because they're actually doing that in england right now they're doing that. I'm like, all oh, you guys. Oh, what, what is this, guys? Because uh, it was um, plutonium ran bullet trains, but it was like a very specific. I think it was like 848 or whatever, which is like a very specific one. It's rusted around on 88 years and a half life. Yeah. So I had a whole safeguarded system in place. And everyone was like, that's too, uh, what's it called? It's too radical of an idea. I'm like, but it's being implemented right now. Yeah, people were saying it's too radical of an idea who were in my group, who's were doing it in their country. I'm like, you, <laughs> you, you guys. <laughs> I, I never had an opportunity to bring it up again. But it's like, just like coming up, I like the idea of, it's like a great problem solver. Mm-hmm. And you th- get to come up with weird ideas. Cause like the way I re- thought of Marty when was like the way that they taught us was that 
don't really care so much about presenting and talking all the time, care about changing the flow of debate, which means coming up with new, unique, and original ideas yeah. that will still solve your problem. So when we would, so when I would go into a conference, I would come in with like these new, unique ideas, and we would almost every, I think I had a, I think out of my entire time doing audio one, which is like over 30 conferences, yeah. I had one paper fail one paper that I was a part of failed and the rest of them all got passed because because even if someone didn't like one thing on the paper, they loved my idea so much that they just kept, they yeah. kept the, the whole paper or whatever. And so like, that's like something I like to bring to stand up is like this idea of like going away and far out with the idea, trying to bring it around. Like, uh, I have this new joke I've been working on where it's like, uh, where I try to flip around the word bitches. Mm -hmm. It's like a double entendre. Cause, cause you know, everyone uh, likes to think rappers are misogynistic yes. when they say that they have their bitches or whatever. But I'm like, what if they're all just dog fuckers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if they're yeah. all just proud of being dog fuckers, but no one wants to cancel the black guy. So they're like, eh, let him say what he wants. Like, oh, we'll just call him misogynistic. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, we'll call him misogynistic and we'll let him have that pass. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, what if he's fucking dogs? We don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as long as the dogs are happy, because clearly once, <laughs> once, once we start hurting the dogs, Per Michael Vick. Yeah, I then so we, we can't start have a the, Vick situation. We can't have a Vick situation, but we can certainly just as long you know, as long as the dogs are happy and they're well fed and they just seem to be doing fine. I guess I guess we're fine, but we just have to, you know, <laughs> plausible deniability call them uh, misogynistic. Uh, yeah. So I was so you just like that. you like the idea of taking a um, a harder topic in that sense, like you've been saying. Yeah. And and kind of giving it a new like like you said with Model UN, giving it a new way to solve that problem yeah like um uh, you probably you've heard the the, the i this one i this one question that popped into my head that i saw off of like an instagram post they were trying to do something nice like hey Vemo, this homeless guy yeah, there's yeah, a picture yeah. of this guy with a cardboard box i'm like but there was like wait so you're telling me this homeless guy has a venmo account <laughs> there's 80 other questions i have to ask now yeah that means you're telling me you have a bank account in the green and a debit card you have a data plan just the idea of call, just, say, just saying that you have a, a a bank account in the green. I'm like, I've definitely, in my lifetime, not always had a bank account in the green, and I've always had a home. So what are you do, what are you doing so bad that you still somehow have a a a, a totally fine bank account? Yeah, I'm like, how? Like, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to have like an address to open one. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of questions there, but like, there's that, and like, yeah. Speaking of that, I even said I used to do this joke about. How when I was very first starting out and I was very, very young, I, I was doing Stress Factory at the time because that's where I started. Yeah. Uh, there was, I was walking around because I already put my name in the bucket because that was the system at the time. Yeah. I used to show up at seven when sign up was, sign it, put it down, and you would, the show started at eight. So I'd either walk around or hang out and talk to uh, the other comics. But one time I was walking around New Brunswick and it was a homeless guy asked for spare change and I, I had the $5 for my set that night in cash. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have negative $42 in my bank account. <laughs> and he was like, I'll pray for you. I was, oh my God. <laughs> and the homeless man tells you he's going to pray, pray for, for you. you. That's when you're, uh, I feel like that's a, a low point in your life. It's either a low point or they don't understand how money works where you're like, it's like no, I'll be fine. What you don't understand is I have a support system. Like you're, 
Either you're, I think the problem with you is you have no one behind you. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I might have. Well, I might have negative forty two dollars in my bank account, but I'm rich in like everyone else following me, and they're like, we don't want to see Anthony fail. We'll give him a couple. <laughs> like if it got so bad, he'd be. Oh, you know, we'll be fine. You know. <laughs> you clearly. Either you know people you you trusted the wrong people or you push people away. So this is where you're. I mean, you just got to learn how to. Net, yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. Coming from New Brunswick, you see the craziest shit. There would just be this one lady outside, just standing next to like a truly disheveled homeless guy. Yeah. Like they're friends. They're both like homeless friends. But one lady, she always dressed nice. And one time, she was just standing out in front of her sign, their cardboard sign, just swiping away a Samsung Galaxy Eight <laughs> that just came out. I'm looking at her like I have this. I just bought this phone, and this is the three. I'm five generations behind you. How are you homeless? What? That's just, I think you're just poor. You mismanage your money. Yeah, yeah. That's just like I'm like oh. I can't give. I can't in good faith give you my. I'm like what? Oh, but you have like an eight hundred dollar phone right yeah. now. What are you? What's going on? Yeah, if you sold it, you would have something. Yeah, uh, I, New Brunswick is wild. That that just to just for like it's a college town. It has a comedy club, but it also has like rant. It's like also a town that like is like a city that has its problems. Oh it's, yeah, it's I like, used to walk into New Brunswick and walk out with my friends. Uh, it's crazy. French Street is weird during yeah. the day. Oh my god. Yeah, that- I was doing a lot of deliveries for uh, Uber Eats in the beginning of the. Um, uh, oh yeah, I've been doing da- DoorDash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, it, it, it's quite it's quite a trip. Um, but the one when you said it's crazy when it comes to home, there was one um, at the George Street Co-op. Um, uh, that the, the, oh, my- I love that place. Yeah. I started there too. It yeah, was, uh, I just do two nights a week. Stress yes. Factory, then and, right after. Yeah, George, George Street. Street. Yeah, because I mean, it's at hey, they're right next to each other, and there's but um, so on a Sunday night. Um, a homeless woman came up and became part of the audience. And it's just like, yeah, this is what we get when we have doors open and comedians standing outside having smoking cigarettes. You yeah. know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're just inviting the, the, the general population of, of New Brunswick homeless, uh, you know, population to come in. It's yes. a- Speaking of that, it was like, I always get real nervous. You know, uh, Brian St. John. Yes. I always get so nervous doing even open mics with him there because he was one of the guys, like, I was talking to him like, oh, this is my first night doing stand-up. Yes, and, at, oh, he's like, a, yeah, he's He a, was there my first night. Yeah, he's a, he's a, <laughs> he's, he's a, so funny too. He's like, a, oh, he's a, I mean, he's a sweetheart. He's also a scumbag. He yeah, has a uh, lot of so dimensions nice. about him. Uh, but no. And I, also and he I, has like some of my favorite jokes ever. And, yeah. Like I've been l- watching and listening to stand-up since I was like six. So model UN and that got you into stand up because you're presenting an argument. Um but the other thing is you've been doing this band for have you been doing the band for the same time then? Like No, actually the band was technically established 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh I solo act all the way up until last September, I would say. It was a solo act for a long time, then it was a duo act for two years with me and this girl, uh, Tiffany Vargas. And then she had to like, drop out of college and she went to William Patterson and got really expensive. So she had to drop out and go back to uh, New York and she, yeah, she, cause she was living out of state. So then I went back down to one person mm-hmm. for a long time. And then last July I wrote the record. Funny enough, if it wasn't for Billie Eilish, this record would not be made. I would have never written this record. Okay. <laughs> Go on. I'm now. You can't just say that sentence and then just leave it hanging in the air. I, I like so, doing that at shows. Yeah. <laughs> just saying that. 
Well, yeah, at shows, no one has a microphone to be like, Ex- excuse me, yeah, before no- you play this next song, I, I need to ask you, why? Yeah. No, I, I, like, I like to tell people why, but like, uh, but everyone's been cool about it so far, because mm-hmm. like I, I, I kind of shit on her. <laughs> um, basically, when Bad Guy came out, like last year, this yeah. is like the big hit song, I didn't hear it for like three months. Mm-hmm. So you were behind the trend a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was behind the trend, but everyone told me that this song was phenomenal like so they overhyped like, it. overhyped it by like of um, uh, the moon i heard this song i was like it's not even good it's like me like it's like all right if i, if I was giving it a one between one and ten i'm like it's like a five song and then i i'm like hey if you want me i'm like hey if you want a song that repeats the same couple of words over and over again but have meaning i think i, I could do that i could do that <laughs> so then i wrote the song maybe which I just repeat the word maybe, but actually has like a story, yeah, and like like a concept to it, and like I feel like it, it's a much, I feel like it's a much better song personally, <laughs> yes, 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 but like, um, yeah, just like uh, listening to that song was like, oh, like, all right, I wrote that song, then I wrote a couple more, and then I started practicing them, re- uh, started recording them on my own, and I remember this kid who dr- who drummed really well. His name's Nick. Yakabelli, he's my drummer now. Yeah. Like, I remember, because I, I went to go see this band, Tiger Straw, by myself uh, earlier that summer. I think uh, earlier, three years before. Yeah, yeah. Like, 2016. And then a week after, I saw his band, which I also toured with, uh, Olive in the Pits, play, like, the Scarlet Pub in New Brunswick mm-hmm. while well, I was 20. And... Uh, he was so good. Like he was so vividly. I remember it so vividly how good he was. I was like, "Hey, could you please play drums on my record?" And then so we got together. We started playing. We played one show together in like December. That place is closed. Sharkies. Yeah, Sharky yes. Campus in. Yeah, because they were doing mics there. That's the only way. Yeah. Kevin Hall and Stina Moss. Oh yeah, they were. That place was really cool. So you were a duo, and and you played Sharkies. And then yeah, and then you found a third member. And we found point? a third member after. Then basically, what I did is I went to a studio by my house. Well, we didn't live there at the time. We uh, were still living with my girlfriend's dad. I used to have a joke about it because mm. um, <laughs> I used to be like, I live with my girlfriend, and she lives with her dad, <laughs> and he's cool, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, so we were living like 30 minutes away from the studio. It's in Byram. It's called Audio Pilot. And uh, he, the guy who runs it, um, Rob Freeman. Rob Freeman. Rob Freeman. He was the guitarist and like the main songwriter of this band called Hidden in Plain View. I do, I do remember seeing that name around. Yeah. So he has a studio up. Like he built it himself. And I, I got to interview him for a. Uh, so I had to really interview him. I got to interview him for like a class project. Oh, nice. And it was. Um, just about like you had like interview like a a professional musician basically, yeah. and like he tours and he does all that stuff for the band still. But um, that was really cool. But like I basically saved up and I like, paid for it all myself. Oh, nice! I paid Nick the drummer at the time because like he wasn't like a he member wasn't of the a band. member, so you were just like oh p- paying a musician for hire. Yeah, like I paid him like two two fifty or whatever. I spent like 
four grand of my own money. So you produced your own record, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Well, he produced it. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, you were, you were I the, paid for you were the e- You were the EP, which is the exe- which is the guy that gets put the name on the record. Yeah, but really, I, I, I put I put all the money. Yeah, for yeah, it. yeah So the, I'm the were, executive producer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. And then I still in the studio. I played everything and sang everything besides uh, the drums. Yeah. And that was and that was for which record? Uh, that's for the one that's coming out November third. Oh, okay. That's uh ah the joys of mortgaging your future. Yes, yes. <laughs> I I had that written down on the piece of paper behind me just in case I needed to uh, review it. But it's um, a, uh, Simpsons. Uh, oh, is it? It's a Simpsons quote. Bart Simpson says it as he. It was a it was season five, episode twenty, I believe. It's the episode where Bart skips school because he sees how pretty it is, and they does like a whole. Then they do like a whole Huck Finn parody. Yes. Oh, okay. It, I do kind of remember that episode. I have not watched Simpsons in a very long time. I've old watched or new, so. every episode of The Simpsons maybe forty five times over, and I'm already watching it again. I'm on season thirteen. <laughs> so you something I fall asleep to. I I just thought it was a very tongue in cheek, but it is. But I guess you know it's it also- is. But it, at the same time, it was like. Because I had a name for it, I had a few name ideas, but they were they weren't sticking, and then I was just watching The Simpsons. I was like, "That's it." There it is. Yeah, That's when it. when you when you find the one. Um, so so you recorded um you know everything except drums, um and so you have this album coming out. You recorded it in December, you said. Uh, January. January. Wow, you've been sitting on it for a while, then, huh? Yeah. So what what we were originally gonna do is like. Uh, I record. We recorded everything. It was supposed to be uh, like fourteen songs, but or thirteen songs. But I had only enough cash for three days, so we cut it down to nine. Okay. And we did. That means you already have songs for the next album. Yes, we already. <laughs> well, I have two albums yeah. worth of songs ready to go, for, just because of sitting at home from yeah yeah quarantine. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so we had, so we recorded all the songs in three days. That was really fun. And then we had initially planned to release it in April because I was going to do a project for, I had uh, like my senior thesis class. Got it. Uh, which I still haven't done, but technically they said I graduated. So uh, hopefully so- <laughs> I, get, I get to keep. So we'll see what happens. That'd be uh, weird. Be like, oh, by the way, you still have to come back and do the project. <laughs> it's like three years later. Oh my God. I hope not. <laughs> but uh, fucking... So we did the the whole thing. Then the pan- the pandemic starts. Uh, we uh, the like release date was like April something, April twenty sixth, yeah, early April. And then pandemic happens because like it was going to be a part of like that. It was supposed to be marketing the record and getting yeah, like you were supposed to have like what I wanted to accomplish from it and getting people to listen to it and stuff like that. We had planned a tour, a one week tour for June. And then like a th- uh, three week full month thing for September. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot of plans to go around it, but then obviously yeah, to like support the record coming out and stuff like that. And then just throughout the pandemic, I've I set some dates, maybe early September, and that didn't really feel right. I set it up for late August. Excuse me, that did not feel right either. So I was like, what? What would be a right time? And then things started getting crazier about this election and I'm like all these songs are pretty dark it just talks about how dark the future is and I don't think either of the two choices that people think there are are going to um do anything different or be any better so I'm like this is no matter who wins this is just an album to watch the world burn to no matter who wins we all lose so yeah so going back to your to your album 
is the the song that you put out this year fights uh going to be part of that or was that a yeah that's uh, part of it yeah that was uh when i was going through um man i'm a i will say in my 20s like both me and my wife we were both really into a lot of the bands that i feel like influenced you like at least i, I yeah. mean I will say for myself, and I know because, I, again, I stalked, uh, or I'm sorry, researched you, um, <laughs> uh, I could hear uh, at least in a couple of, like, phrases, like, some modern baseball reference. Yes, like, I do do a lot of modern baseball. I just say, I, I always call myself a modern baseball ripoff. In, like, I don't think that's the, the case songs. because I think it's, it's there's, I can hear the influence, but... Yeah, that's in, just a lyric, but I'm like... I, I kind of think of myself. No, I mean, but we're, I mean, I was talking to my second guest, and we're all we are as creatives. We're all our influences, yeah. And we just take our influences, filter it through ourselves, and what comes out is what comes out. And it doesn't, you know, we're not all going to revolutionize the wheel. True. Or we're all, we're, you know, we're just we're here to put what we feel. And so, what you heard, I just I could hear it, especially. Um and on 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 the end of phrases where you do like that descending pitch where mm. like you hit a note and then you just like let it slide yeah down. yeah I was like oh I do that, like a yeah. slide down yeah um, I mean that's that I will say fights probably my favorite song thank that was, you. it was it was I mean it's a I, I would be like this would be a band and I still think it is now it's just I don't go to shows as much even before <laughs> even prior to the pandemic I just a starting comedy kind of stopped me from going to as many shows as I used mm. to go um but. But especially in my twenties, and you know, and even now nah, my thirties, I that's that would be straight comedy. Um, uh, <laughs> um, is that I'm like, oh, I would actually like go see you, like as like as like, the, thank you, yeah, I and I would still that. I would still go see you, but it would just have to be like the perfect condition. Cause <laughs> I don't get to see bands anymore. Um, yeah, um, but so yeah, what are some of your influences? Really, the question I was trying to get to on that. I have a lot of weird influences, like a lot of bands a lot of people don't know, but mm. then there's like, a lot of my influences come from a lot of bands that put like one album and then, or like an album, an EP and then break up. Yeah. There's like a, tons of killer ones, like scenes from a movie and like Jet Lag Gemini, the small like Jersey bands. And I do remember like Jet Lag Gemini. Actually, I think I had friends. My who favorite would... guitarist is from Jet Lag Gemini. My, I think, yeah, there was, they were around mid 2000s, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, a show that I went to, this was, again, during when I was really much, very into ska, um, uh, that uh, they played a show out in Wall at this uh, uh, arena, like, sports arena. They had, like, it was, like, a weirdly, really big, like, weird festival thing. It was, like, mm. 50, or not 50 bands, that's too many, but, like, 15 bands, I would yeah. say. That would be much more reasonable. There was, like, two stages, and you'd run back and forth. A bunch of my friends' bands played. So, that's yeah, awesome. I, do remember, I do remember Jet Lag Gemini. That's funny. That's a name I haven't thought of in a very long time. But, yeah, anything anything else that any like Any big, like, besides, like, modern baseball, um, I think we... Uh, yeah, modern baseball, Tiger's Jaw, mm -hmm. uh... Love, uh, especially in the acoustic songs on front bottoms. You can one one influence you can always hear in almost every one of my songs is uh, "Never Shout Never." Oh, okay. Because the, that's how I learned guitar was I learned "Never Shout Never" songs. So the way my right hand plays plays a lot like "Never Shout Never." A lot of quick picks and a lot of like stuff, especially in the song uh, "Colonial Park," which is on the new record. Yeah, that's on Spotify now. There's a couple of songs that are out that are on the record, like "Someday" when uh, when. Uh, uh, the world waits for no man. Those two I put together on on, on the split that you yeah, did. Yeah, I just split with my friend King. Uh, he goes by the name Zexa, and he does really cool music. So I was yeah, no, like, it was really yeah. interesting to have both because it's um, 
I wouldn't, you know, hip hop. Like it would be the best way. Like rap. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's, it's like it's, rap. Did you did, did you play on those songs, or was it just like his music plus your music? It was just his music oh, okay. plus my music. We're yeah. actually working on a split now. Oh, I cool. think that's pretty cool. We're 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 gonna work on we're I, working on each other's music for once, and I think that's gonna be really cool. Oh, okay, I so what started. I thought happened is what's going to happen. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nah, yeah, because I always I always thought that would be more interesting to have like desperate uh, like kind of like dissimilar you know artist on the same on the same like split like that because you usually see bands that are very similar or like a legacy band and a newer band put it on mm-hmm. split but like coming from two different genres to put it on the same put on the same like ep i think that's pretty cool oh yeah I, I think that's something that ha- it, at least uh, and again i'm i've been out of the game for a couple of years now so I could I could just be not seeing something that I just don't see, and I'm not I don't want to pretend to be an oh, expert, exactly. but I just don't think a lot of people do that. No, yeah, normally it's two bands with like the similar uh, like a similar taste or something. Yeah. So that's why I thought it would be really cool to do something where it's like two completely different sounding things to yeah. try to like merge those two uh, styles of listenership because yeah. I do feel like there's a lot of similarities between the genres of music, but not a lot of people go out to actually see them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that was pretty cool. Um but uh yeah, we like I have a lot of like early two thousand influences, early Fallout Boy, early Panic, mm-hmm. All Time Low. Those are some big bands from like the shaped my childhood. Yellow card was like the first band that got me into all this type of music. Uh all so the bands rejects. that I was listening to in high school would be the bands that you were Yeah, that, those that, are the bands I grew up yeah. with. And then like it's now moved on, like now I'm like rediscovering old bands that had like one hits wonders and like i've been listening a lot to this one song right now called uh chain me free by the matches oh the matches that's a band i haven't thought of in forever dude that song has the the most the the most killer fucking intro melody line i ever heard for like i heard it immediately i was like what let me restart this shit because that it catches you so off guard like the vocal melody is actually very very hard but it's also like so cool to listen to where you're just going from his low pitch to like falsetto back to low pitch and then they're doing standard old school style backing vocal it's it's great oh i love that i remember i remember when they came out because that was like 2005 2006 yeah it was yvonne doll killed the locals they were the locals at first um they uh i remember them doing an interview or for like one of their albums were like we're not doing power chords this album mm-hmm. i was like whoa what a because he's like he's just like that's a bold move there bud that's like every band's like fucking eights in the hole like, i'm gonna play a power chord or two right now oh yeah, yeah they're just like nope we're, do- we're we're i just remember them very specifically being like we're not doing power chords it's like i just remember thinking as someone who was i i learned how to play bass i do have a guitar right over there that i need to shrink for right now it's broke um that i've been just trying to uh i know how to play a little but just self-taught and stuff like that um yeah i taught myself yeah but yeah i just i not enough time as you did <laughs> for i i it was mostly bass but i just know my like, power core just like the basis of all the music i listened to and what you're definitely so you're just not doing power i remember just being like like losing my mind for whatever reason yeah like i started off with chords and stuff and like especially because i was doing never shut never songs yeah. and like the bands listening to like hey monday and like follow up and stuff like that so oh, like, hey monday I love I like I learned power chords and chords first. So I I was always like a chord like a rhythm guy. I like playing rhythm guitar. Like I can't really solo. Mm-hmm. I, I I write leads, but I'm like, it takes me a while to like get something I really like. Yeah, the way it sounds. But like, I love this idea of rhythm guitar because a lot of people are like, oh, it's so easy. But I'm like, 
I think the depending on what you pick to be like when you, if you're writing it, what do you pick to be it? If it's like because sometimes if it's like a, a super complicated rhythm, a lot of people can't yeah fucking play yeah with especially it. playing it and singing it at the same time for that matter too yeah. So it's not only just playing it and playing it consistently over a song, it's also doing that while singing and making sure that your pitch is correct. Yeah, and especially because we've been doing like outdoor shows a lot. We play like a backyard mm-hmm. October 6th for our friend who, uh, Emily, who's now, well, whose actual artist's name is Yemily. Mm-hmm. We're, we're doing a side project that we don't have a name for yet. <laughs> I think we're between the Nobodies, which is the one I chose, which yeah. is the one I threw out there in the last ship, which is pretty cool one. So we're we're doing a side project thing. And um she she we did like an outdoor show and like your hands are freezing, doing some cold stuff. Yeah. And like you're playing on metal strings. So I'm like, it's way easier just to play chords in those situations, guys. <laughs> you know, I, like I had to play my one song Nowhere, which is like based off of like it's just like a strike a riff the entire time. Yeah. It's like, it changes up a little, like throughout the song, but like, it's a, like a, a riff. And it's, it was like by far the hardest thing I've ever like wrote for myself because mm-hmm. it's like playing a lead part and singing way harder. How like, how do people do this? <laughs> so when it comes to, uh, writing the songs, do you have like something that you always come back to and then try and change it from there? Or is it just, you know, it, does it is it music first, lyrics first? Like, what's the lyrics first? Lyrics always. first. Okay. I'm a lyrics first guy. Like, I will write I down mean, makes a sense. bunch you're, of lyrics. You're also a comedian, so yeah, it would be I'm, very surprising if it was music first. Yeah, I'm all words, and then I'll write the music to kind of fit it. And it's like, it's all words first. And I feel like the words are the most important part because, like, that's like the story. Yeah, so I, that's why I, I really can't get into like a lot of music. I it, I don't like. It's really bad because like I don't like a lot of music. There's one guy who I absolutely fucking despise. Like so far, I despise him. Like I fucking like blocked him on Instagram. <laughs> And like I'll see memes and I'll be like, this guy's a fucking poser. And then the, people are arguing with me. I'm like, hey, don't argue with me. He's a poser. It's my opinion. Why are you trying to argue with me about my opinion here? Yeah. But yeah, it's Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> like here's here's why he's a poser though. He I makes, mean, I don't have I don't have any love for oh, Machine Gun. Right. I don't hate him, but I don't love him. But so like, I'm very pe- excited for the people listening. Take his hot take right now. For the people listening, here's why I don't like him. I think he makes novelty pop punk. Because he only does the same four chords, the the that that fucking palm muting down like stamp downstroke thing, where he's doing three things and then he'll yell something and then he has like Travis Barker do the drums and then it's like oh now it's a song oh no. yeah like here's the thing I when I'm delivering ice cream to like the, our, our Riverdale store which is where my girlfriend works if I hear I have not listened to any of the Machine Gun Kelly album right? yeah. I've listened to zero. I've not heard a single besides maybe a couple of clips of it, but I've not chosen to listen to it. But like, if I'm in the store, I'll list, I'll stand there and listen to a random song for a half a second. I'm like, Hmm, this sounds like really shitty lyrics. It sounds like he put this person, put no effort into, uh, the music at all. Uh, is this machine gun Kelly? Uh, I asked my girlfriend. Yeah. She's like, yes, it is. I'm like, every time, every time <laughs> I've done that with four different songs from that same album that's come on the radio. <laughs> they're different songs, but they were like, I think like you get, he's, he's a novelty. He's making these novelty songs because it's popular for the moment because like Mike, I'm a girl. Yeah. It's back. Yeah. 
because like he's got laughed out of one genre of music so he's like what's popular right now all this pop punk shit all right let me just do that make a quick couple bucks it's not like he's make he's doing it to make money money off it but he's like i just got laughed out of the other genre so there's no way i'm making money doing rap right now yeah i mean i've never listened to his rap the only thing i ever liked him was the what's it called um Oh, that movie, The Dirt, that was the Motley Crue movie. I was like, oh, whatever. It's like, oh. for, first this movie was like, this isn't going to be the best movie mm-hmm. in the world. I'm like, yeah. But it's fun, and he's having fun, and that's all I need in a movie sometimes. But yeah, I, when I saw that as someone who grew up on pop punk, yeah, I'm like, I was just I like, grew up making this I was music. like, all right, man, cool. Do what you dude, want. I was I'm, like, glad dude, I, I'm glad you're friends with Travis Barker, so it elevates his music. Mm-hmm. But, you know. I used to like, you used use the cheat code to get into something that's also super hard to even break into. Yeah. As well, because like it's it's so easy to break into rap. You just have to have one catchy song. Somewhat, what was it? What's your name right now? Who's coming up with because of TikTok? It's called Filth Rap. Have you heard of Filth I Rap? I have not. I have not. It's terrible. It's terrible <laughs> music. There's this person. PP Cocaine is her name. It's a very catchy tune. But if you listen to the words, it's like, oh, this is hot garbage. Like every other thing that came out in 2008. Oh my god. Oh, it was. Uh, and so like. That's something that where I'm listening to it, so I can't get into this, but it's like so. The, and that, and for someone who like sits and thinks and writes about their lyrics, like, do you have that same like? Yeah, the way I'm like, going, I put so much time and effort to making a good song, and, and this person now, just now, now, do you have the same feeling when it comes when there. it comes to um, comedians who you feel like isn't putting in the work? I, I mean, yeah, that's I like. It, it depends. I, don't I would like say it very... depends. For for me, I I even want to qualify my own statement because I feel the same way, but. I don't like it when people are like, why aren't people laughing? I'm like, I don't know. Did you put in yeah. the work? And that yeah. you don't be like, why aren't people laughing? I always like put it on myself. If like, I don't Same. do yeah. a good job with the set. It's like, yeah. Cause it was with comedy. Uh, for me, like I take it, like I want to be taken seriously in both forms. Like, yes. the, like I want the, the thing I want the most out of either one comedy and music is to be respected by my peers. First off. Yes. I want to be known as funny and stand up. I want to be known as a good musician in music. Or a good songwriter in music. But it's like, there's certain guys that people look up to that I fucking despise. Like, Jay Leno despise him. Like, yeah, just I don't know, I've, never, like, I've literally never... How lazy he is. I've never seen his stand-up, but I will say, my very first guest, my good friend Carl Callen, mm-hmm. um, he said that he uh, went to go see Jay Leno last year play in Philadelphia at the Kimmel Center. And he said that he had an idea about a joke when before he was a comedian. And it was about, I can't remember what the topic was, but this was like 2006, 2007, say, whatever, whatever that time frame. And then he went to go see Jay Leno and Jay Leno had a joke about that topic. He's like, you're like, like, it's, it's very, he's very like, he has his act and it yeah. very, it, it doesn't change very much year to year. Like maybe if you look at overall at his like career, yeah, so I'm, I, he changes. It's a, it, he's a lazy ch- motherfucker. He was on the, uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. But who but is he a, was, for, I have a question. Who the hell is looking up to Jay Leno? I don't know, but he was on the, the new comedy store doc mm-hmm. and he was talking about, I haven't, watched that yet. I've been mean to. I, I haven't watched all of it, but I just heard about this one through like podcast about this one scene where he's fucking just arguing with comics about recording material. He's like, no, you don't record material. You never recorded material. I've only done one special because, so I can keep doing those jokes over and over again. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. So you're, you're just going to force people to pay $150 to see you 
two times out of the year and like say say someone really likes you they get they come to vegas twice a year they come to see you you're doing the same act yeah i don't know for i mean i think that's just like you've been in the game if you're in the game over 20 years you have to have new material i just think that's a old guard versus like the new way kind of thinking it's like because like you hear a lot of like older comedians just never really changing their act and you know, and I just think that's so lazy. I mean, how, I, mean, how do you it's, like it, I mean, I don't understand it, especially now because of the way that information and entertainment is like dispersed. That you could see everything the moment that it's created. Essentially, that yeah. it's hard for like now anyone to be like, oh, I'm never like I'm just gonna say the same things over and over again. But people are eventually gonna see it. You know, it's like a it's like a band coming out of retirement just to play the hits, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's just like, okay, I get what you're doing. And, and especially for music, you do have the replayability. Unfortunately, jokes are very much like the first yeah. time you hear it is going to be the best time you've ever heard that joke. You, you're never going to get that, that, that same feeling again. Whereas with music, maybe the first time is different, but every other time after that is probably mm-hmm. pretty comparable to that first time. Yeah. So it's, so I can see why the, you know, I have it too because it's just like I. But I can also understand like yeah, but you know if you keep working on the joke year after year, you keep refining it, and it's like a perfect joke. That's that what like the, your first like twelve years of comedy is like yes. you're you're refining and you're doing those jokes, and then you put them on tape, your first album, and yeah. then you start writing your new stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I always see the the way that I was seeing it. I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore, just based on. I don't know how big specials are going to be in the next couple of years. Where it's, I, I, I think like, specials are going to be bigger than ever. I think. No oh, I think. I think that there's. I think where we're going to see shows. a lot instead of like comedians doing like their hour special at ten. I think we're going to see, especially now with like YouTube, like, kind of like mm-hmm. what, what like Andrew Schultz did, where you're going to see like more fifteen minute ones, like as opposed mm-hmm. to like an EP, like an EP compared to an yeah, album. Like I was like I was doing. I start. Uh, I'm starting a new podcast, mm-hmm. uh, a side one called Top Five, where I just bring on comics and talk about their top five favorite comics. And I was going through my list, and one guy is Dan Telfer, who almost no one knows. He's been in the game for 20 years. I'm like, come on. he's he's one of my favorites. He's so great. He has like great like great jokes that changed how I viewed certain subjects. Mm-hmm. But um, he started. He was like one of the first ones I saw doing a. This year, 2020, he put out like three 15 minute sets on, yeah. as albums on Spotify. Just uploading. yeah, isn't that? I mean, that would that would be the. I think that's the way in terms of like, as opposed to like trying to get someone new to watch you for an hour. Mm-hmm. I think that's too big of an ask. Whereas like these 15 minute ones, I think especially for newer comics, you're gonna yeah. See I that. think a lot of that's gonna be you got to do like YouTube 15 minute stuff, but then you still have like your hours. But I'm not saying hours. I'm minutes. just saying as opposed to it's either hour or nothing or a half hour. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna to see a lot more of these more micro kind of like comedic com- which I think is good because I think if you can get like a solid 15 minute set mm-hmm. and like people really like it you're you know now you still if you have an hour and you only burn 15 minutes of that hour you can still take that 45 minutes on the road in yeah. that sense um but so going back to uh Jay Leno which is a sentence I never wanted to say but here we are. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. It's just we're just have to go so, back. Like there like him Brendan Schaub. I well yeah, well like. Brendan Schaub, I mean, you know, he he I, really didn't deserve an HBO special and he got one. Well, he, did, he, he was, didn't get an HBO. He got a Showtime. Uh, which, Showtime which special. Still, he didn't agree. He, he didn't Either way, he was way too early and I think he was like the same amount of years I was. Yeah. I am now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like I wouldn't. If someone offered me an HBO Showtime special now, I would not take it. Yeah, because that would just make me look bad. Yes, I'm I think. Like, I mean, I think 
yourself and and I agree with you too is that it's just like you wouldn't want to put something out that's not ready. Yeah, you wouldn't put an al- you wouldn't put an album an album out that's essentially a demo at the moment. Yeah, you would, no. yeah. I think that's I think that's the it, difference that yeah because like I have like for like going to music I have like fifty songs that are good songs but like I just don't like to put out like bad quality sounding yeah. so like i just would rather instead of recording them we'll just wait till i have the cash go to a real guy let's have it done or just go to one of my friends who like has all the equipment and stuff yeah but no i like edit and, and mix and master and i'll just do it right and, yeah. or instead of just putting out like a demo yeah yeah yeah, yeah no that may, i mean that makes sense i de- demo's obviously good for when you first start, because you just need yeah. to tell people, like, this is what I sound like. Yeah, so I, this... I have demos on, like, my band camp. I don't yeah. use my band camp for, like, real music. That goes, like, on my Spotify mm-hmm. and all the other platforms. So, essentially, you're saying Machine Gun Kelly and Jay Leno are the same type of person, where they just, like, put, you know, well, I actually, I mean, no, not necessarily I, the same. What I would, I would about. say is Machine Gun Kelly and Howie Mandel are the same type of person. I also hate Howie Mandel. He's... I'm very, I, how is that the case? Because I, I'm just saying. Here's oh, why. He got yes. laughed out of stand-up because he's terrible at stand-up, right? I've never seen a stand-up, but probably he's, because he's he hasn't. Yeah, I've been, he garbage. Has, yeah, like, I mean, if it was between watching Howie Mandel do stand-up and only Howie Mandel do stand-up or no entertainment for the rest of my life, I'd rather be bored. <laughs> That's how bad that dude is. He's he got laughed at him for doing terrible at stand up. So he's went and now he's doing the TV hosting racket. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is. So so you're just saying because he was laughed out of his chosen profession. Yeah, like he wanted to do this, but no one wants him to do that because he's bad at it. So they're like, all right, you could. Hey, so, so I'm gonna try to do this thing. Got it. So. So you just, I mean, and I, and I, I feel you a hundred percent. You just, you care so much about the work yes. that you put into that. Seeing anything like that, where it's just like, so, where you don't feel like someone's putting in that same yeah, or level, appreciative of the the place that you're at. Like I watched once because uh, one of my my favorite one of my, my I have like my two favorite comics are like a top spot thing where it's both. Ari Shafir and Hannibal Buress is my two favorite comics, mm-hmm. hands down by far. Like my top five has no like legends in it. it has people who are working right now. Yeah, it's just people who I think are funny. I can rewatch and re-listen to yeah, yeah, over yeah. and over again without like not laughing. Yeah, like gut busting laughter every time. Those two. So I used to watch uh, this is not happening. Ari got uh, removed from his show because he decided to do Netflix specials instead. Oh, that's why he got removed. Yeah, because he that. did double negative on Netflix mm-hmm. instead of through Comedy Central. So he wasn't the host anymore. And then so since he wasn't the host, they still brought on. They like he was bringing on half the people, but I'm pretty sure he did not bring on Howie Mandel because uh, yeah, Howie Mandel was on the show, and all he did was shit on the show for the first five minutes of his set, and he was bombing. Nigga was bombing. <laughs> He's talking shit about. He's like, "There's this poll here. I'm a, I, I, I'm a germaphobe. What is this?" I'm like, "Dude, you're on TV trying to tell jokes right now. Do you have a short story or tell? Get to your story. Stop they shitting on your aired, opportunity." They actually aired the first five minutes of him just like. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. That's ridiculous. It's, it's like, dude, I kill for an opportunity to just tell jokes on a stage like that's why that's why it was there initially for Ari was bringing on people, people that who, yes. weren't getting the opportunity to go on TV yeah, I remember I remember when uh the whole Kobe thing uh dropped he said that there was people who were shitting on him on the internet like I gave you your first TV credit with like this is not happening like he, <laughs> like, yeah what are you talking yeah um 
And also, his Kobe thing was funny. And well, was, I mean, you know, true. it's it's just like, first off, it's like, even if it's not true and it's just a joke or what, it's just like, do you really expect Ari Shafir yeah. to be the bastion of, of polite conversation? After saying fuck the Lakers for tons of years and saying the Kobe Bryant thing during his special in Denver? Yeah. So, I, it was different when he was alive, though. I think I, people, people, for whatever reason, we do really... Revere. I understand yeah. why we revere the dead, but yeah, but it's it, it's. I think it's too much sometimes, especially like, all right. So if he was alive, wait, when he was alive, he was like one of those weird people. Yeah, Kobe was a, such a weird anomaly. If you think I like yeah. really think about Kobe, because like Kobe like raped someone, and then everyone was like, yeah, fuck Harvey Weinstein for raping these women. Well, I mean that was that's. And then they were, but. Every, he, but there's some people like on Black Twitter when the Me Too movement happened. But like, what about Kobe Bryant? What about what about Kobe Bryant? He raped someone, and everyone was like, "Shut up, stop talking about Kobe." <laughs> like no no one wants to fucking uh, just because he's black, dude. Guys, come on, he's still like he still did it. So what are you guys doing here? Yeah, I mean, I- like there are certain people that like they will just. So you you could see them doing the bad deed that would get most people canceled, and people would look away. You're like, no, I didn't say anything. <laughs> like, what is it? Chris Pratt made a joke and is not doing something for Biden just because he's not doing something for Biden. People are on Twitter are commenting at him oh. saying like, "You're a Trump supporter, fuck you." I'm like, to me personally, I'm like, who cares if he is? He don't owe shit to you. He's an actor. I know, but why people does- people people love Andy Dwyer. And they're like, why does it it's the same it's the same thing with uh what's it called? JK Rowling, where it's just like, Well, you wrote Harry Potter, why yeah. are you transphobic? Like, I don't know. Probably should do it because like, you know, people exist. But also, who cares? She's an author. Like yeah. you don't have to like listen to you know. I, I just have this I this whole thing where I hate cancel culture because I think I'm like especially in the entertainment industry, because you're asking people who didn't who got into this business not for morals, but got into this business to like do something like whether it's singing or dancing or art or some sort of. So the, the people are, are just doing their thing. Like what, what was it? The uh, Tyler Joseph from uh, Twenty One Pilots. Oh, okay. Yeah, they he, were like, use your platform to talk about black people, and he's like, what? And then he showed a picture of him using the yes, platform shoes. I, I was like, like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Dude, that was killer. And then he apologized. I'm like, no. Well, it's just because they don't Fuck. want people. By people, the way, guys, I'm black. Yeah, I have to mention don't, that. Don't I don't worry, sound well, like I'm black, but I am. Well, I'm going to ask a photo from you if there's going to be the cover art. So people, All right. people will know what you look like. You oh, know? Okay. Yeah. We're, um, but yeah, I the, the whole cancel culture thing, what I was saying is, I think, A, people get... Uh, up in arms about it, number one, is because they f- they want to see the people who they watch as a reflection of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they see themselves. That's why, in- that's why there's this whole representation thing now that I also hate. I also hate this idea of representation. <laughs> I'm a, it, It's only because, like, people are lazy as fuck when it comes to that. So every time they, everyone does something for representation, they just find the first in, in a category instead of the, the best bad. in the category. Yeah. And even if you find the best in the category, they may be past that point of doing well, it. Well, because A, they, they may turn it down. Well, the, the thing is, the, the people who make the decision of putting the first is people who look like me and they're like mm-hmm. this is good you know people are just like eh, we're fine yeah. you know yeah and, and they just pass that along as opposed to like you said looking for the best they're just looking mm-hmm. for what's marketable and what's just you know in arm's reach essentially yeah as so opposed like a to a lot of people get big off of like very uh small samples yeah, yeah exactly um but going off with like for me it's like 
cancel culture, it, it swings. It's like it swings in two different directions. One, people who do get a little too amped up on it, like mm-hmm. it just get so excited for the the act of like, ooh, we found something new, and they're rubbing their hands. But also at the same time, there there's it it doesn't qu- cut quite as deep sometimes. Like I'm just like remember when Shane Gillis happened last year? Yeah. I'm like I feel like Shane probably benefited more than oh he, he definitely did like as opposed to you know because like people being, would being be not, shitting on him right now exactly. if he was actually on snl he's not funny because that show isn't for his comedic styling no it's all for you did was, was give people who didn't know who shane gills was like oh why is this guy getting canceled like, Dude, i listen oh, to his podcast now because it, of it <laughs> exactly i mean i i knew of him um a little bit. I, I kind of knew his name, but obviously it was much more familiar after the story broke. Yeah, but I, was, I was familiar with him because he's a, couple, a Philly guy, right? Yeah, because a couple of guys came from the Philly scene into our scene: Andy Malfarina, Nate Marshall, Lamare Lee. Lamare actually went back to uh, Philly, and Alex Grubar. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were all like, they all came up like similar. I mean, Andy's been doing it for almost ten years now, so they were they were buds. So I mean, I remember when right before he got the um snl gig and then obviously lost it um he did Clusterfest and he had a yeah. set and i was like that set and i was like i remember going oh he's really funny because he he takes that line of like being the dude from central pa where he could be probably more racist than the, like if, if mm-hmm. you know if he was a stereotype he would probably end up being a little bit more racist than you know people who live near the ocean who are yeah. white but he also like he cut he he like straddles that line perfectly. I think where it's just like, he, like especially his bit that he has on his Twitter that like months later someone made fun of or like someone's like I can't believe we have to listen to this guy and he did a whole like roast on Twitter for her um, was just like talking about the president. It's like he's funny. Like we have not. Just, oh yeah. And no. I was like, and I'm like, that's very such, funny. It's such a funny bit. It's for someone who just straight up does not like Donald Trump. And is like, yeah, probably racist. Probably this. I'm like, that's a fucking funny bit. Like it's yeah. just, it's so goddamn. It's just like the breaking it down. Like he's funny. He said he wanted to nuke a, a hurricane. <laughs> Comedians in New York are bitching about him, saying like he's actually an orange terrorist. It's like you should be lucky that he's not out after you. He'll bury you. You know, like he, like he would, he would one hundred percent merit. I love that style too. Like, I think that's kind of, that's what that, I want to do, that, and that's yeah, that's kind of in your lane where you like you take a topic and you're like, yeah, we all hate it, and you take the conventional thinking of like, you know, this person is bad, or just in this case for this particular topic of Donald Trump, and you're like, yeah, but also here's a good attribute, and then you just give explanations as to why. Yeah, I actually, there's this one bit that I love doing right now that I've been working through about Donald Trump, because like, I, I re- really rarely write about Donald Trump, because I think it's kind of hack, but like, oh, yeah. there was you one... You have to find something like, like yeah, that. Very partic- specific. Yeah. It was like, it was about like the, the Fox News articles, and it's a, it's a joke that I love, but like, if you miss half a second of it, it gets crazy. It's basically like about how in all those Fox News articles, he just kept saying like he would say something and then they immediately right after the interviewer would like say, all right, so you're trying to say this. And he'd be like, no, 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 no. I'm <laughs> saying this. And basically the whole joke is like him just saying black lives don't matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I was like, why did I why have I heard that joke? Probably because I sat and watched you do it. Um, <laughs> um, but- so the, I, it's just, I love that joke because it's like, 
That's so true. Like, black lives don't matter to Donald Trump. If it did matter, he would have done something. Doesn't he have the longest list yeah. of executive orders ever? He would have made an executive order if they yeah. <laughs> to him. Um, oh, man. Um, I, so, it, it's also funny because you do take these probably stances that maybe people looking at you wouldn't immediately assume. Yo, yeah, which is, I which do is, not have a lot of the same stances as people. <laughs> do everyone? I mean, I mean, for, I mean, for, you, you have a, you have two things going for you. You're black, which is so you, there's automatically an assumption there for that. Then mm-hmm. there's also, you're dressing like, you know, if, Hey, someone like me. And <laughs> I, I definitely, I, when I saw you walk up with that Scott Pilgrim shirt, I was like, "Fuck, where I I know I have my Blu-ray somewhere in this house right now." Um, <laughs> love that. I love this movie. I love that goddamn movie. Um, uh, and I've definitely had a similar shirt. <laughs> Just as, um, but so people would. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what pop punk bros get as a as a um, stereotype, but. For for me, not good ones, not good ones at all. Uh, well, not for me because I'm black, but like for white guys, pop punk guys normally get like the stereotype of that they're pedophiles only because of yeah, one, because well, the two guys. Now everyone's a pedophile. I'm like motherfucker. Everyone's ninety nine percent of the guys in pop punk fans not pedophiles. There's like three guys. Just, <laughs> Jesse Lacey. Jesse Lacey. The, the guy. Dude, the dude from Newfound Glory. Dude from Newfound Glory? Now there's four guys. <laughs> Jesse Lacey, dude from Newfound Glory, the dude from Front Porch Step, and the guitarist from this really, really shitty band that kicked him out called uh, With Confidence. Well, yeah, confidence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Um, dude, I actually found out a story about someone who I used to like watch on YouTube all the time. They were like a, a company, and they fired one of the members for doing pictures. I was like, oh my god. That was the first one where I was like, no, not you! <laughs> I was... <laughs> Again, that's where, that's where people see themselves into other people and they yeah, get, and like, they start to no! yeah that's 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 and i totally understand that but i think people also need to realize that yeah they're not, not they're, they're not they're not you yeah, they, and they're not gods they're regular and also, people too. and just because you like them doesn't mean it reflects badly on you mm-hmm. that's that's where people i think that's where i think you know that's where i think people get when it comes to cancel culture i, I just i think it's a not as bad yeah as as people say it is and is as bad as some, you know it's just like yeah I used to rather have everything go straight across the board, because like I make so many Nicki, uh, not Nicki Minaj, uh, what's her name? She's the exact same person, Meg- Cardi B. Oh. I make so. <laughs> I was gonna say Meg The Stallion. <laughs> They're all the same. They're the exact same people. Um, There's it is a very. I think now there is like a Nicki Minaj genre of female. Yeah, there was that, like that. also that white girl who was Australian for those. Yeah, Iggy. Yeah, Iggy Estelle. Yeah. I kept forgetting her name. I just, I couldn't remember her name. I was like, first things first, I'm the realest girl. That's where her name <laughs> well, is. Well, she was hot for like five minutes. Yeah, same thing with Nicki Minaj. And then that's where Cardi B is going. But um, yeah. what is it? I, I make so many jokes about Cardi B because like, I hate what cancel culture does, d- did for Cardi B. Mm. It was so weird because like, there's no cancellations across the board. I was thinking about it because, like, you know, Jeremy Piven. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. he was canceled in the acting community for being a, uh, a harasser there. So what he decided to do was he stopped acting and then he started doing stand-up. Stand up. Yeah. Now he's doing stand-up. He's turning on the road. But no one cares about that because he's relegated to a lower form or whatever. Yeah, yeah. As Shane Gillis is still selling out, uh, still doing more shows. I don't think he's selling out yet, but he's still doing shows and he's still getting booked places. Probably I mean, a little bit better. Now he's part of, like, the um, uh, Legion of Skanks. Yeah, dude, he's so part of the yeah. Skanks now. Yeah. 
So like he's like his career has gotten a little bit better from that, but he he's not on TV. He got relegated back on the stand up. Yeah, because people put. T- but I think at the same time, well, no, just this for me, like TV is not as important as we yeah. think it is. But I yeah, get, I, get I don't think point. so. I get your point. Yeah, but that's what people on on Twitter think. So yes. like, they're like, all right, he got he got his thing taken away. We're good. Yeah. But instead of like, oh, you're not really want to cancel him. You just want to take away their new thing. Like Cardi B. She, like, a couple of years ago... When she got, was a stripper. Yeah, she got called out for, for drugging and robbing people. Honestly? All the time. Drugging and robbing people. And then, no one bats an eye. She doesn't even apologize. She re- she re- releases a statement saying, yeah, that's what I had to do. And then, doesn't apologize at all. A couple of years later, she, people are trying to cancel her because she has a Finsta, a personal account. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, it's, that's fine. It's a personal account. You can do whatever you want there. Because, but she was talking shit about Ariana Grande and Nicki Minaj. You're like, cancel Nick, cancel Cardi B. Wait, for that? Instead of the drugging and robbing two years ago? It is, uh, yeah. Find your line and pick it, guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that always the thing where, you know. The line moves for everyone. It does. Depends it, on it, it, how it, much it, we like you to begin with. Exactly. So, um, and that's one of the things I've been realizing re- lately. Especially, <laughs> it's hard for us as comedians because. I would say because we live in such a fragmented uh, like culture right now. There's yeah. like you can kind of pick your own little niche and live in it, and you might be the only person who like likes everything that you particularly like. You know, there's mm-hmm. no one person who yeah. has all of your interests. So I don't think what what you know what we learn as comedians is like we have to go against conventional thinking. I think the problem is because we're so segmented. There's really no like conventional thought you yeah. know i mean you so you're like going to be pissing someone off no matter what exactly kind of. and so and it's hard to be like well what's the what's the assumption about this well unfortunately this group of people has this assumption but this group of people has a different assumption you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you can see the people like you know, like taking Car- cardi b that you just said as an example you can have the people who just heard that that same story that she drugged and you know stole people stole money from people when she was stripping and you can hear some people being like I would say probably more the right, you know, like, well, she's a stripper and she was drugging and, you know, and now all of a sudden we, she can do that. And, you know, but guys who drug women or, you know, you know, what, where's the, where's the equality in that? Yeah. And then you see the people on the left or, you know, just more progressive, just seeing that be like, you know, she had to do what she had to do to survive, you know, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's a hard thing because oh, it used to Namory be. Namory has a great joke about that too, where he's using, what's it is called? Uh, Kamala Harris is an example mm-hmm. because Kamala Harris, I think, came out that her her grandfather, not I'm like I don't think her great grandfather, I think it was just her regular grandfather, had slaves in Jamaica. Yeah. So, and but everyone on the left was like, "Well, you can't blame her for that. That yeah. was her grandfather. She's not her grandfather." It's like, and he's like, "So by proxy, my grandfather who owns slaves." Yeah, yeah. No, it's by, it, by, by proxy all the white dudes whose whose dads and grand. And ancestors owned slaves. They were off the hook too, then, right? I think. I think the problem is, and no, no one would expect me to say that. Yes. But. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like that it makes sense. Like but, it has to. Like it, it is the logic as comedians that we follow. That it's like if this, then that. Yeah. It it's, that. It's, it's just like if this is true, then that has to be true. Problem is, most people don't think like that. Mm-hmm. I, that's why I always think. It, that's why I always like to present the the joke as a question mm-hmm. rather than just it's, me saying it because yeah. it's like. Because they come to me more as questions to begin with, anyways. So I just like to like present them as they come to me. I'm just I'm. This is something that's been like in my craw with the whole like conventional thinking. Like there is no because there's no TV. There's no what people have called like a monoculture where it's just like 
we have one culture and then everything else is a subculture. Yeah. Everything is a subculture. There's no, like, I mean, news is a subculture. You have Fox mm-hmm. News, you have CNN, you have just online outlets, and, like, you can really cherry pick your, your information. Yeah. So it's hard. It is hard to, like, that's why I think a lot for jokes, you can't just hit one angle. You know? No, like that. I, I feel like comedians back in the day didn't realize how easy they had it, where they can just go against the one, the I've one been main that thought. For years, man. Yeah, it's now you have to hit it from every angle and attack. Yeah, you because, gotta get very specific because too. you can't just leave it with the one joke be- or the one angle. Because if you do, you're, you're leaving out a, a, you know, you're just playing into someone's bias. You kind of mm-hmm. have to. Not for the sake of being contrarian, but just for the sake of exploring a joke in its fullest form, is that you have to, you know, break the expectation. You know, you can't just play the expectation kind of like what The Daily Show's been doing for the last couple of years. Oh, my God. The Daily Show is so bad now. I just, I mean, I think it's like, just, I, I think, I think it's just the same thing. Same thing with Daily Show, same thing with SNL, is that. They have their they, line of thinking. Right? Yeah, they have. They, they cherry picked like this liberal audience. Yeah, and it's just it, because it's the people who are now the loudest on mm-hmm. the internet. You know, like, for, the, for the most part, I would say like John still- Stewart would have ripped into the Kamala pick. Yeah. by Joe Biden. He would have ripped into that. I well, felt. Because, I would feel like because he would a, still talk shit about Trump, and he would still talk shit about Biden. Yeah, I feel like he would have done both sides, like they, their due diligence. And but I, I think that they've just obviously chose one side I, over I the think, other. I think the person who, I mean, the person who does it best is still John Oliver because a yes. comes comes straight from from you John know, Oliver crushes it. I, I think what I don't know what makes John Oliver do. Maybe it's just the outsider effect, but I think what John Stewart had was the fact that he came from the punk rock community. Mm-hmm. I think that's just like... That, he just didn't care. He didn't care, and Which he had I that like... What? Yeah, he just... He he already knew that the system was corrupt back mm-hmm. in the day that... I don't I don't know. I, which you would think that, like, Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah coming from, you know, South yes. Africa would would be similar just like with John Oliver being an outsider but I guess I I just think I think it's cor- more I, comedy central than That's it what is I was going to say. I think more it's more cor- I think it's more corporations. I don't think it's the writers because you have talented people on all those steps. I'm yeah. not saying there's untalented I think it's like Viacom. I Vi- think they, Viacom, they Viacom out. NBC all the big ones they're just they're not afraid you know Well also Comedy Central just had like the largest turnover in like their history right Which I think of all I th- the executives so they maybe they might be turning over to a more liberal network to where I, they're not going to support I, comics as much we don't know I don't know because there was there was I think they're moving more towards from what I read they're moving more towards digital content just mm-hmm. from what I saw it was a uh, uh, <laughs> where I get some of my information for the con- Schultz, you know, yeah, yeah, he just was like, yeah, I think they're moving more towards digital because they got they're getting rid of a lot of their legacy shows. Like um, Tosh is gone. Um, well, I think Tosh was just going to end. This, I, that's this what year. I I I, I think it, what, it's been like what fifteen years. It's been a very long time. That's a crazy show. That was a great show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think what they're doing is now also I, great comics. Yes, f- phenomenal. Um. But I just, I, from discussions. what I read, and I have to double check, so this could be just from I'm misremembering or I misread it. It just seems like they're going more for, I mean, that's why a lot of their, I, I don't think it's a, a surprise that they're putting all of their specials onto YouTube. I think mm-hmm. they understand that's where comedy audiences lie. I, Actually, I was thinking, because like, there's this company I really uh, loved, and I've loved it ever since I was a kid called Rooster Teeth. They were based in Austin. Is that the one that where you talk about the photos? Because that's what I thought I read something recently. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, I was like, oh, no. But uh, 
So, but yeah, they're great. They have like a bunch of different divisions. Now they're like owned by Warner brother. They sold like a couple of years ago. So like they have like the money to do stuff now. Like, yeah. They have like a, their own video game department. They have a lot of different like the TV shows yeah. and stuff. So I was, I've been thinking about for a long time about getting in contact with them about st- the, uh, at least about them starting a stand up uh, production division. Yeah. Because I'm like, Hey, look at all these comics, not getting Netflix. You have a paywall system on your website. You yeah. have th- you have I millions mean, of people that's watching why dry, anyways. Dry bar exists, you know, for another another form, obviously for a very specific audience. Yeah, that's like, a, that's clean comedy. Clean right? comedy, but still, it's con- it, I mean, people on there, you know, are still funny, and not yeah, they, everyone they, is. Yeah, they're very funny. Yeah, actually, one of the guys on Dry Bar gave me a joke <laughs> that's that funny. I used just because I saw him, and it's the guy with all the tattoos around Shane, his neck. Shane Smith, I think. I think so. Like yeah. that guy, I I wrote a joke. It's a one liner. It's a stupid old. It's an older joke. I was actually thinking about it on my drive here. It was about um, because I'm thinking about making it into a TikTok or my yeah, shorter yeah. jokes yeah, into yeah. like stupid advertising bullshit. But it's like, uh, remember when you used to be afraid of the guy with the neck tattoo? You yeah. used to see the guy with the neck tattoo. You'd be like, oh, that guy ate a stapler for lunch. I'm crossing the street. Yeah. Now. You see a guy with a neck tattoo. All you really know is that he's allergic to gluten. Because <laughs> you can tell, you can look at that guy and like, oh, that guy's allergic to gluten. He's not going to harm me at all. Yeah. So you were saying with um, with Rooster Teeth starting a um... yeah, I want I want because like that company I know has like the capital to start to do that. Yeah. I'm mean, like you could just easily just contact these people. Say hey, you want to take your special? I mean uh, that's that's the thing. Like or like have... we would like to produce your next special or yeah, something like that. Produce cause... your next special or at least. You know, do what, you know, Mark Norman and Sam and Joe List did, where they produce their own and then just send it out and have a platform. Yeah. You know? I like, think that's a good idea because, A... They have a, they have a soundstage. They have a studio where that where you could just turn one of those rooms. Because they, they have, like, a multi, multi-soundstage multi room. They have, like, eight, nine, ten different shows going yeah. on at the same time. So you can just turn one of those studios with a brick background. And they have some shows with live studio audiences. So you yeah. just put an audience in there... I mean, if, if it's if comedians themselves are producing specials to put on YouTube, that shows you that comedy, stand-up comedy, is not hard. Is not very expensive to produce. It's you know you need and, and, three and, cameras and three, a yeah. microphone plugged into uh, your and your and, box. and 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 mics just to get the the yeah the, the crowd, crowd mics. That's all you need, and so it, it would. And it's clearly still popular. Like that's like it's more popular than it's ever been. So it's it's a very it's a very interesting time where we're at with with comedy. Um, yeah, it's weird because like I was doing the we uh, there's a show uh, at my school that I did like once every two semesters. Uh, I think I did it for like three semesters straight one year, but it's a comedy common hour. So basically, what they do is they bring in uh, these people from like the tours that they're doing the yeah. college tours, and they bring them in. During this common hour time, and we we just do like our sets for them. It's like a show, and then they tape it. They tape the the the, the audience mic. It's kind of like having your own little mini five minute special. Oh, that's cool. I thought that was really cool for a while, but you have to be like clean. Yeah, for yeah. Too. So it was like TV TV standard rules. Yeah, like so it's really good because it's like you're doing like kind of a, like a late night practice run. Yeah, but like I was like I'm singing like a lot. Fuck. Uh, I'm. <laughs> I was maybe 
two and a half years in, so I didn't really have the best jokes. And my last one that had really good jokes didn't really have a crowd mic, so you just hear me like breathing into it. Yeah, just like waiting and, for the laugh to die down. Yeah, and, just... and then like it, I killed, but like you hear like a, a like a faint laugh because there was no crowd mic. There's other times where there's a crowd mic and it sounds like a lot. Yeah, better. Yeah, I mean, that's all you need is just a good crowd. I mean, you could do any size room. There's this one room that was in uh, Keyport that I think would be a great... That's south. Yeah, that's south, but it's this really cool spot. It was called... Um, uh, it's still, I think it's still there. I hope it's still there. It's called Old Glory, and they have the best room that I've ever seen for stand-up outside of a club. It was in a basement, so already right there is perfect. Yeah. It, was, it was like a square room. Ceilings were probably not that much bigger than this. Well, that's and, great. And, Low ceilings. And for, since it was the only thing in Keyport, they packed that room out. It was either a show or a mic. It was like a hot crowd. And I was like, you can, you can really, I, yeah. I gotta you, take your drive down the. Yeah, the and that, keyboard. when that comes back out, I think that that it was, it was such an, un, it was like a gem from the get go, like from day one. Because I will say the one thing that um, venues don't do that I think they need to do, especially when things start opening up again, is that you, if you have an email list, use your email list because yeah. they would put comedy open mic. I was, I was working at a job, and my boss at the time came up to me. And goes, hey, I, I know you do stand up um, because I got the job because a stand up I knew actually had that job. Oh, nice. uh, so, <laughs> so she gave me a good recommendation. So she's like, I know you do stand up. And um, this place that's right by my house is having stand up. Are you going to go? I was like, yeah, that's my friend's mic. How did you know? She's like, oh, I'm on their email list. They emailed me about it. I was like, why doesn't like I don't understand True, why most like venues don't do that if they have an email list and you have an event yeah put it out there put it out there so people know to come because yeah. especially if it's like a place like Keyport where they don't have a lot going on mm-hmm. it's just like why not like it literally True. it was packed out every especially during the summer there was like one where it was like a lower turnout and I'm like this is better than most mics every night of the week like I'm like oh mm-hmm. I don't even like I'm not even upset it's just it's just compared to this was like a six compared to the 10 but this six is better than most places tens you know yeah speaking of that like i'm trying to start i've been talking i've been talking with aaron about it but i'm trying to start maybe at lala but maybe somewhere else like i guess a dirty show Mm -hmm. because like there's not really something around here that's designed specifically and i think that's important when you have shows like that where you have to like give the audience that expectation walking in so they know that and like i want to do it in a way where because i've I've been listening a lot of podcasts where comics have been doing like these backyard shows Mm -hmm. and how much they hate the way that they run and they're how they're set up so i kind of want to really small really just like two two comics up front yeah host like a comic another comic then Bring I'll bring in a headliner and yeah. do it out of place. I mean, because the headliners are so starved for um, yeah. stage time, you can get mo I mean, I've seen Sam Marill do different shows in New Jersey because it's just like... Yeah, Sam Marill, Aaron Berg, Norm MacDonald's been everywhere. Like, yeah. there's a lot of, like, maybe fucking Joey Diaz, he just moved out here. I mean, he's doing... He is doing... Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. A nothing comedy club that mm-hmm. some people still... Every Wednesday, go- right? Yeah. I thought it was going to... I thought when he I, said Uncle Vinny's on his podcast, I thought he meant Vinny Brand's no, uh, stress. No, I was... I when but I didn't I, even I realize that, but Vinny's. I know someone 
who like I, I know the comedian who does like MCs there and I didn't even I was like because I heard and I think someone had the same thought as you when they heard Vinny's they assumed it was going to be a stress factory yeah. every Wednesday and I was like oh that's going to be interesting but all of a sudden he's like oh my job's so great and I'm like is that fucking Joey Diaz at Point Pleasant? I worked <laughs> in Point Pleasant, New Jersey when I lived in Brick for summers at the boardwalk I passed by that dumb I'm like who even comes here? And then I looked at some of them, I'm like people do go there Yeah, that's like, like the equivalent of uh, Scotty's up here. Yeah it really is. I was just like, "What is happening?" They put on um, they put on a mic like one year for like three weeks, and it was a paid mic. And my friend Ryan went to, and then the guy just like gave him like tips, like, "All right, you're gay, but push, you know, try not to do too much gay stuff." I'm like, <laughs> "I don't know, he's gay. Let him talk about what he wants to talk." And it's yeah. not like his whole thing is like he taught he does silly jokes about it, where he's like, "Oh, if like me and my you know me and my boyfriend when we're in." A- when we're in the house together and you know we hear someone come in you know we grab the bat and go i'm like that's that's (laughs) a funny fucking joke those are great jokes it's just like it's not like the 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 oh i'm gay joke it's like i'm i'm taking normal situations and and being silly about it and things it's no that's a that's a great that's an idea that's a great idea (laughs) holy shit yeah he's he's very funny so yeah i'm just very surprised that like that's where we're at with comedy that it's just like Things can happen that wouldn't have happened six months ago, seven yeah. months ago, but in March. That 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 that's where we're at with. So I'm curious to see when things come back, what sticks around and what doesn't, like mm-hmm. what sh- and what changes, you know? Because I think outdoor shows are still going to be a thing because that opens up a lot more. I think outdoor shows will be a thing, but like in um. Only in the bigger settings, you know. Oh, I'm not saying it's not it's, like the stand up New York in the park. Anymore. No, 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 no. But I'm still think there's going to be like the tiny cupboard, oh, things yeah. like that. That's where always going to be there. That's going to be a great spot. Yeah, I'm I trying th- to get onto some shows now. Yeah, but. I think that's. I think that's going to be a hot. I just think we were just so adverse from doing it because we were so used to having the closed in like. But that's a way to have a show early in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and you could just do that as opposed to. You know, putting on a show indoors, and you know, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see when the world opens back up and we can start doing things like that. Outdoor comedy is going to exist, coexist along indoor comedy. Yeah, I think that's going to be fun and weird, and that's. I think that's going to be great for us yes. as East Coast guys, because like West Coast doesn't have shit right now. Yeah, because they. Ne- uh, I think I was listening to. I think the Ari Shafir podcast. He's like, because they never fully shut down. Yeah, he was saying because they never really shut down. So like they had this, like they're all just waiting for everything to open back up. They never had like the oh I guess we have to make it ourselves. Yeah. So like we at least are gonna have the benefit of both indoors and outdoor shows. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna. Be, I think. I think New York and New Jersey are going to be too. I mean, New York obviously going to still be a big spot, but I think New Jersey yeah. is becoming like an underrated. Like uh, like comedy, like I'm. Oh, cu- I think a lot. Of, I think the, with the way that we handled this pandemic, I feel that New Jer- the New Jersey comics are a little bit like like twenty five thirty five percent ahead of the rest of the country. Yeah, right it now. is. It is very. I mean, there's places that are still doing it indoors, but. That's the middle of the country, and you know yeah. they weren't. You know, yeah, I, they were they were getting fifteen minute sets in the middle of the country, anyways. Yeah, like nothing really changed out there, which is weird. Cause the, true. Yeah. No. Um. Oh wow, we're two hours, so I think we're gonna have to. Holy shit! Yeah, we did it, baby. All right, so it's great conversation. Well, yeah. So before we get we wrap this whole thing up, uh, you have the new album, Ah, uh, the joys of mortgaging your future. Yes. Um, w- 
You're going to find it on Spotify? Spotify, and- Google Play, anywhere you have music, anywhere, any... Apple Music? Because Apple I, Music as cause well. Because some, some, some of your stuff doesn't show up on Apple Music that does show up on Spotify. Uh-huh. It should be at, uh, Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Apple Music takes a ridiculous amount of time for anything to get on there. For some reason, like I'll, like everything's set up for the release. It yeah. may not be on Apple Music for another two months afterwards. Got it. All right. Um, but yeah, it should be out everywhere. Uh, you could check out my uh, my f- stupid TikTok if you want some stupid jokes about Trump dancing poorly. Uh, that's today is music, and that has like some like new. It has a bunch of like new songs and stuff I'm working on. Nice. Just I just throw that stuff up there, like I'll just as practice for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Juilliard underscore today is for like my Instagram. That's where you can find out any stand up shows or anything about the music and yeah spotify for today at today is dot 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 for any music there's a guy with the name today is without the dot 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 and uh fuck that, that guy and he did uh let's do let's go scooby-doo right that's what's stuff? new scooby-doo yeah. oh everyone talks about i know that. i mean it pisses me off because so i much. saw this like this isn't him it doesn't even sound like him and i'm like and it's just a rip off of the simple plan one yeah it's a rip off of the simple plan one and also that was my first cover like when i started doing like the uh, the band name today is and i started playing shows yeah. one cover i would do is the simple plan what's new scooby-doo so i'm so like this, this guy was, this was even a bigger a, a bigger cut deep like it it cut deeper than i expected yeah so this guy has my name and and, and he's doing my cover worse than i do the cover i do the cover pretty bad myself i'm like motherfucker come on i do what's new scooby-doo you can have the other simple plan songs you you can do i'm just a kid you got that one that's yours i just want scooby-doo back yeah. yeah everything everything he just mentioned including you know uh including and you shouldn't listen to it uh well i won't even put it in i'll put all of his all of your stuff in the show yeah notes i have can... a old record that i put i recorded it in 2017 i put it out i think maybe last year may called uh one day god will take everything you'll ever love that's also on spotify yeah, too I, i'm gonna i'm gonna put very I'm, dark titles I, i'm gonna put the uh your artist pages the link okay oh awesome <laughs> all right so i appreciate for for you coming here yeah i I appreciate you letting me do this this is a very fun conversation it was a good one (laughs) holy shit two hours two hours